Mother of Games, you're listening to episode 125 of Colette and Matt have entered the chat, and I am uh, proud and pleased and and uh, excited to share this bittersweet news that this will be the final episode of this podcast because there's just too many goddamn games to play. I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, there's no time go. to record. There's no time to talk about them anymore. No, no, not even a little. I'm Colette Bennett, by the way, the hey. other person whose name is actually in the title of the Welcome. show. Welcome. How you doing? Hello. Hello. Um, so, yeah. We're uh, done. I think we'll... I thought we'll... you were going to say holy mackerel. And mm. then I kind of paused and I thought, where did that even come from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that that phrase? Like what, what is the origin of that phrase? Uh-huh. Do you happen to know? I don't, but let, let's Google holy <laughs> mackerel But we have the internet, etymology. We have the internet. According to Wikipedia, recorded and from we can look it up. Well, 1803. It, uh, say that again, it's since 1803? This is a, uh, well, so Wiktionary is a, like a Wikipedia-esque style version of a dictionary, which has etymology discussions as well. So oh, okay. it is saying, according to this, if you, you know, believe the internet, Recorded from 1803 with uncertain origin, but possibly a euphemism for Holy Mary, with mackerel being a nickname for Catholics because they ate fish on Fridays. So probably a a safe way to refer to uh, the Mother Mary without, uh, you know, taking holy figures, uh, taking their name in vain, perhaps. Today I learned... I love etymology because it's like, okay, we don't know for sure about anything, but the oldest thing we can find in mm-hmm. the historical record, in a book, in a dictionary, in a scroll from this year is this. And at that time, it meant this. And then yep. over time, it started to mean other things. And I, I just, I don't know. I just, I just love it. I'm glad we looked it yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is pretty cool how much we will never know. <laughs> mm, perhaps we will talk a little bit more about that as we go here. But we cannot waste any time because we have a lot of urgent video games and video game news to discuss because there was a Nintendo Direct for September that was... Um, you know, it happened, and I think there were some... <laughs> it happened, he it, says. It, it, it definitely happened. It took place. <laughs> you, you can't deny that. And I think there was some like, will it... It's the usual. Maybe it's this. Credible leaker says that. New Switch hardware is almost certainly on the way, but probably won't be shown here, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. we have that to talk about, and we're going to blast through it because there's some really exciting things on the list. There and are. then also uh, some drama in the game development world. Uh, wh- what are you interested in starting with? Nintendo. Got to start with the Nintendo. Yeah. Um, did you? Did you? I don't think you watched it live, right? You had. To I was catch not it able to fact. watch it live, so I had mm-hmm. to go back and recap after the the fact because I was working. 
Um, and Ooh. I was, you know, pretty, pretty thrilled to see, uh, you know, a big fat list of things that I was like, <laughs> so, you know, right off the bat, obviously I think, um, for me personally, um, both super Mario RPG, like seeing, you know, the gameplay, seeing what it actually looks like, which yep. I, I just adore this game. So mm-hmm. I'm very, you know, obviously, uh, very specifically excited about this, but, um, that I'm just thrilled. Can't wait to see more of it. And I, I just think it's going to be great. And then paper Mario thousand year door was the other thing I was excited about specifically because I did not play it on the GameCube, and I've always really liked paper Mario games. And so I was like, Oh man, this just looks so, you know, that we always say this right about Nintendo. You're just like, Oh, it's so pretty. This is so good looking though. Oh my God. It's just gorgeous. And like that really cool scene in the trailer and I, cause I haven't played it. So, but like that scene in the trailer where you see Bowser like eat something and like, like he feels like the size of like a whole level because he like i don't know it's just great i was like oh my god it's gonna be so cool so i mean like to be honest like when it comes to nintendo properties like i have the soft spot for mario that i think a lot of kids that grew up on nintendo do but it's not like my favorite franchise yeah i mean i completely agree i'm in the exact same boat and it's got to tell you something where it's like neither of us have played this game and you, we looked at it for 10 seconds in the in the trailer and we're both like, oh, my goodness, this oh, looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, I've said this so many times over all these episodes, you know, it's like Nintendo has achieved this level of polish with I, I, I mean, I want to say it's main titles, but I mean, really, if I think about it, even like sm- titles that are not quite as big as a Mario title are still just stellar and just polished and Mm -hmm. there's just something about them that just brings up all of these like at least for me and i think also for you like these like positive kid feelings yep um you 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 can appreciate them on a a kid level of these are so fun and colorful and then you step back to as a grown-up and you're like these are mechanically perfect like they are masterpieces if they are if they were paintings they'd be on they they would be on a museum wall because they're so technically yes uh, brilliant like, or whatever it, it it is truly to me just super awesome to see i think like what you know what what point the, it, it's kind of come to with nintendo i mean i don't know i mean you could argue i guess that even like back when we were kids that what they were doing was polished and amazing it, it sure was it's, you know I and, mean, and it, it was but yeah. i mean i still kind of think that i don't know yeah it's it's really quite amazing i want to blast through this list lightning speed and say like you know hey what are you you interested in this oh no okay it's cool whatever moving on and then kind of maybe maybe hit the brakes on the stuff that's interesting they they kicked and and i was joking in our discord that i was um very underwhelmed at the beginning Uh of the show Uh and as it progressed i became fully whelmed (laughs) i love that fully whelmed fully whelmed i like Uh, it they kick off with Splatoon 3, which is a new single-player DLC. It looks great. I own Splatoon 3. I think it's a great game. And I, I every time I see events and and things happening in the Splatoon world, I I, I wish I I wish I liked it more. Like I wish I was invested in it. Because it's 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 great, but I just I have no interest in this. I, I fell off the game. And for me, I've never played Splatoon and I'm never going to, even though it's very pretty. And for all I know, it can fully <laughs> absorb me. I yeah. No, not for me. So the next one that they kicked off with, I, I'm, I'm really curious to get your thoughts. Mario versus Donkey Kong. 
which was a GBA game. They're remaking it for Switch. I've never even heard of this. And so I'm wondering if this was ever on your radar. Okay. Uh Uh-uh. No, no. Um, But uh, remember, I did not own a Game Boy Advance. Okay. So this is just one... Uh, one handheld ahead of of where I entered Nintendo's handheld, you know, because I never. Um, I think I've said this on the show before, but I never owned the original Game Boy. Mm, oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh, uh. No. I had Game um, Boy, but ne- ne- literally nothing else. No GBA. No DS. Oh, no wow. 3DS. Nothing ever after that. And I feel like with the 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 DS line being as so crazy popular I I do feel like there's a big gap for me in my um yeah my knowledge there but uh you know I, people this looks like a platform puzzle game and people seemed like yay this game is back but just looking at it I'm like ah, it just doesn't seem like doesn't seem like enough for me to dig in but anyway yeah we, we I've see. never been a massive Donkey Kong fan so I mm-hmm. think I also kind of had like a yeah that's cool but not for me kind of yep. reaction to it and yep. that's fine yep uh a, a new entry in the prince of persia franchise the lost crown uh looks cool i never played any of the 3d prince of persias but i have very fond and distinct memories of playing the original prince of persia on some sort of pc system maybe at a friend's house or and or maybe at school and just rem- and i do have distinct memories of like hey when super mario jumps around he's kind of this blocky dude who just goes up and down and runs side to side but the prince of persia is like a real guy look at that animation like it was a very innovative game for its mm-hmm. time i'm yep. sure running at like you know 12 frames a second but they rotoscoped the animation of a real human being into pixels to make it look the the character had weight and whatever and anyway i'm talking about this to say i i have fond memories of classic prince of persia and they the the movement style and the 2d style of this entry in the series very much harkens back to the original and it and i was like hmm, looks cool hmm. i have this is another one that went over my head because i have never played a prince of persia game in my life mm-hmm. totally lost sorry yep. to say it's it's a platformer with combat and i think it, it looks like they're doing interesting stuff here but uh we, we shall see uh, horizon chase 2 I, I don't know what this is it looks kind of like a budget rent uh, uh racing game Yep. Yeah. Also lost on me. <laughs> There's, we're going down the list here, and there were a variety of games that have titles that are like, what the fuck are these words put together? And this is one of them. <laughs> Super crazy rhythm castle. I know you're yeah. a rhythm fan, but this looks weird am. and quirky. So any any thoughts on this? Yeah, definitely interested. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I saw this and I was thinking to myself, man, if this was the only game to come out of this list, I would be like, yeah, I'm definitely playing Super Crazy Rhythm Interesting. Castle. Interesting. Okay. But it's it's hard because I look at it and I'm like, this looks fascinating and I think I'd probably like it. But I wonder if I'm going to actually get it, you know, because there's other stuff that I'm more interested in on the list. So it kind of went on a like maybe list Mm -hmm. in my mind, I think Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. it, you know, so I'll see what happens when it comes out, I guess. You mentioned they they did show a little bit more of Super Mario RPG remake, which truly looks stunning. Um, I don't know if there's anything else to say about that. It's a blind spot for me. I'm th- I'm pumped to play it for the first time in its most beautiful form. Game. I'm like, psyched. Mark my words. 
I just feel like you are just going to be so just, you know, delighted by that game. So I yep. can't wait to to see how it goes. Very, very excited. Um, this might be a blind spot for for both of us because this was a DS game, as you said. Another Code Recollection. This is a remake of a DS game. I've never heard of this. It seems like a mystery visual novel-ish kind of situation, uh-huh. but I don't it know. It was. It okay. was. I played it on DS. You it did. was great. great. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, does really this good. hold any sway or you, that you would recommend it if it's a, as I a remaster? I will go back to it just because like I, I'm at a point where, you know, I have the nostalgia reaction, but I go back to so few remakes these days. I'm at a point where I'm like, I just can't. Like there's too much yeah, to play. I know. I so know. I won't go back to it. But if you like the aforementioned genres, I would recommend it. That's that's great. That's nice to hear because I, yeah. I, I couldn't get a couldn't get a, a lead on it from, mm-hmm. from what I saw. All right. Here's where I do want to like hit the brakes and pause for discussion. Last <laughs> record scratch here. Last direct or last announcement, they were like, and Princess Peach will be getting her own game. We'll tell you more later. And you're like, and what? this time around, um, they showed gameplay. Uh, it's called Princess Peach Showtime. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I could not get a handle on what this game is. I don't understand the gameplay. I can't get a sense of like, is it a platformer? Is it puzzles? Is it, you know, skill thing based? I, I, I don't know. I, I can't. I don't know what this is, and I it can't might have get done some genre it. morphing, which Maybe. I've you know, or I've definitely seen like stuff smashed together. I mean, what I got from it is that it's a platformer primarily, mm-hmm. um, but that it 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 has uh, changing camera angles, so you have you know some some scenes where it looks like you're facing things head on. But I mostly felt like side scrolling was what I was seeing. Sure. Um, probably with like big chunks of like like you know, there's that scene where she's like investigating what looks like a museum or whatnot. Um, so I, I'm assuming that they kind of mash some things together, which to me, I, I usually really enjoy that. I have no idea why she's decorating that giant cake in right. like the last like <laughs> third, but I mean, who fucking cares? Yeah. I'm like, that looks awesome. So I, I, I just think it would be super cool to play a peach game. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always thought she was a cool character. Like, so I probably will get this. I love when Peach or other sort of, you know, non-Mario characters are in the games and they have their special abilities going back all the way to Uh, Super Mario Bros. 2. There is no better character to use than Peach in that game. And she was so distinctive that, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's cool to give these characters their own games. I, I, you're, you're right about the side scrolling, but it does not look like a, you know, jump over the spikes, run around, you know, jump on enemies no. kind of platform. It looks like something else. And they're I can't doing something else. Finger with on it. It. Yeah. yeah. And I love the, like, you know, dons the costumes to give her unique mm-hmm. abilities. Like that's just, that's, that's really just incredibly fun. And that, they're smart because that formula works really well for Mario. So they were like, let's yep. try it for her. Plus yep. you have the delight of being like, Oh my God, there's detective peach. Oh my God, there's Kung Fu peach. Like, right. like all that is fun. Yeah, like the fencer, the the swordswoman uh, uh-huh, situation, yeah. the, the musketeer so, looking yeah. situation. It's yeah, great. so it's great. It looks really good. Uh, Saga Emerald Beyond, another uh, combination of words that I that mean nothing to me. Is this anything on your? I radar? think I played one Saga game like twenty years ago, and <laughs> since I can't remember what happened two days ago, I certainly don't remember that. Yeah, nothing. Uh, shout Zero. out to Saga fans if you like that game. So the next on this list was, <clears throat> it's one of those like. This is cool, and it's cool that this is happening, 
zero interest. Uh, <laughs> it's the original Tomb Raider trilogy being fully, fully remastered. Um, for Switch, I don't know if this is, I don't remember if this is console exclusive or it's coming to everything, but like, um, you know, this is like, what do you call it? Mid, mid 90s, late 90s, early polygonal um, PC for sure, but then probably PS1 era stuff that looks really rough and probably plays like shit by today's standards. Yep. Given a full facelift, it looks really good in the trailers, but I have distinct, again, distinct memories of playing games like this, specifically Tomb Raider, the original, on probably a really underpowered PC <laughs> and being like, and on a mouse and keyboard being like, I I don't, I can't get around this boulder. Yeah. And that's all, that's the end yep. of this game for me. I don't, so I don't know. I, I wonder if this, you know, who has nostalgia for the original Tomb Raider? A lot I, of people. A lot of a people. A lot of people. So and I this hope is, this does them right. Yeah, this is going to be like, like, like if, if they were, if some, if for some reason Konami, which of course they won't, was like, we're going to remaster the original like Silent Hill 1, 2, and mm-hmm. 3 and put it on right. one game, I In would be like, totally. like yeah. it's, it's that, but it's for the Tomb Raider fans. And I think it's great. It, like this is literally like, to me, these Tomb Raider games are like such important milestones in yes. the development of like games yes um, 3d you know, action games was, yeah yeah every, so i feel like every, it's, th- it's every 3d good. action game we have today you could probably trace back to this this moment this this era um it's a fascinating franchise because it's like you have mm-hmm. many games you have reboots of the franchise that i believe are very well received there are multiple movies with uh angelina jolie right mm-hmm and like, have you? She's ever not the mo- only one. They they okay. made movies with other Lara Croft actresses too. Like, Great. I mean, you know, I mean, and I mean, the the franchise still is going. Yes, I get, and that, and it it is a curious franchise because it's like movies and video games and merch, and I'm sure there are comic books and whatever. And it's like, have you ever heard of or met a Tomb Raider fan in your life? Yeah, I know some. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, that's that's great yep it, it, yep. it reminds me i don't this is not one-to-one but it's like avatar the two biggest movies ever made i don't know a single person who cares about avatar you know what i mean i don't either and that one is also weird but then i'm like well maybe those people just don't run in my circles yeah. i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> but but yeah I, I feel you and i could see exactly why you'd be like is is this even real right <laughs> It looks really good. They show, oh, and you know what I love Um, when they do these remasters and these collections and it's like, and you can toggle between the fancy graphics and the original at any time. That's a, and I believe adorable. It's, it's impressive from like a game and cause clearly whatever you're doing is like, this is the engine that runs the game. Mm-hmm. And the engine is then capable of turning on and off the new stuff or the like I, that's in a world where games barely fucking run well with <laughs> one version to have it do two at the same time or in parallel. Yeah. I, my hat is off to developers who can do that. I think it's no, very totally, cool. totally. I, I completely agree. It's it's extremely cool to me. Or you, you so, go around a corner and you're like, oh, this looks so good. Hey, what did this look like when I played it in 1994? Bloop. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's so different. You know, I, mm-hmm. the, or this is my memory versus what is here. It's it's very cool. 
Yeah, I think like like I think that that kind of nod is just incredibly smart, um, you know, on their part to to kind of you know allow people to kind of peer back at what it was. I think we all kind of have a natural fascination with you know these kind of glow ups of you know old games. <laughs> I, no, really, that. like I it's I, I, I think of it that way, way it. and I'm just like, yeah. man, it's just it's, yeah, it's it's funny. Um, yeah. So anyway, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I'll play it. I might play it. I might not. It depends on my mood at the time. I never played it. I never played it back when, Mm -hmm. so I don't know if I'd like hurry and play it now, but I just still think it's extremely cool that it exists. That's the best way for me to put it. I think. Totally agree. Um, yeah. I think we this was shown previously and announced previously, Detective Pikachu Returns. Uh, uh-huh. You and I don't have particular interest in Pokemon games, but uh, people are excited about this. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can see why, honestly. I, I think the whole Detective Pikachu thing is just, like, really great. Yeah, fun. Silly fun. Silly um, fun, exactly. Love it. All right. <laughs> I was literally shouting at my computer screen <laughs> when, when this appeared trombone Trombone champ Champ! trombone champ for switch but not only that uh local co-op which is like it's the the best thing about console games in general but like the switch for families and whoever but then also (laughs) for people who are not familiar with this game it's a rhythm game and it's you're but you're playing a trombone and it's ridiculous but you can use you can use the joy-con as a motion controller so that's fun of like but you can also use the ir sensor which set which is on your joy con which senses the distance that your hand is from the controller so you can play this game like a theremin (laughs) this is the greatest thing i've ever seen in video games (laughs) yeah like this is a thing where i looked at it and was immediately like oh my god yeah like yes big big yes and it reminds me of a game oh my brain it reminds me of a game that you can play oh disaster band it's called oh my gosh never heard of that that's okay. such a fucking great name for anything disaster band <laughs> so it's on steam so okay. you can look it up but it it absolutely is the same kind of concept um and so disaster band oh, is basically figures? like it's, yeah it's exactly what it sounds like you you purposely play stuff it's simple to play but once you start playing you're just like oh my god this is so bad and the best part of like your music i mean not the not yeah, the yeah, game yeah, yeah yeah um so it's got four instruments you can play the recorder the trombone the cello or the violin and like they all like do the same thing but what's so cool about it i think is when i first played it it was brand new and so i think at that time they had like maybe 10 songs and several of them were like like specifically like um like just basic like orchestral classics right right public domain symphonic music or whatever right right. but what's cool about it is when now they fleshed it out like big time and they also allow people to make songs for it like to upload their own songs that is awesome um and it's really funny because i saw people saying oh it's a blatant ripoff of of trombone champ and i was like oh it it it, is it yeah which came first I, I don't know. So hmm. I guess I need to look it up. But at the time, I was like, oh, my God, this is so great. So let's type in Trombone Champ yep. and find out if, in fact, is this like, is, oh, 
Oh, okay. Wow, I think they're it does right. predates trombone champ predates disaster band, but only by a few months. September twenty twenty two. There's so they no were probably way making it at the same exactly. time. But this looks like a better version, like a much yeah. better version. Yeah. So, long story short, no offense to the stick figure folks, it's funny, but this is going to be freaking great because sure, yeah. you can play it, you know, couch co op, and that is like everything, like. This is the game where, like, you have a few drinks and, like, play with your friends and you all, like, (laughs) laugh until you cry. So I didn't realize it already was out on Steam, but, I mean, I'm just going to get it for Switch, I think, because, obviously. Plus, it's 15 bucks. So, I mean, I'm assuming that means that it's also 15 bucks on the on the eShop? Yeah, must be, uh, we, we right? can take a peek at that. But, um, yeah, and, and one of the handful of games that was on the Direct that's like, Okay, guess what? This weird thing is happening and it's out today. So it is it is available. I love that. Yeah, I love that just... so much. Okay, yeah, I'm going to pick it up. It's still loading the page, but I assume that if it's if it's yeah, it's 50, it's 14.99. Perfect. So Amazing. it's like on top of all that, it's like, I mean, fucking of course you're going to no spend $15 on this game. I mean, you can look, playing with a controller, this game is adorable and hilarious. Like it is it is great, but there is just something about the way that the motion controls are implemented here that is like next level ridiculous. Yeah. This is this is the kind way. of foolishness that I want in life. And I also like that, like, getting this would not necessarily mean, like, oh, well, you know, I have this rule right now where I'm like, let me try to at least finish the game that I'm on, you know, before I go on to a new game. But, like, this would... It it breaks the rule. And I know exactly why. yeah, because you can be like, oh, it's a party game. And I was thinking the same thing about Samba de Amigo, which I also want. I was like, well, it's a party game. So, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with me grabbing it for, you know, a party and trying it out. But I'm not going to... I'm not going to be pulled away from what I'm currently enjoying, I guess exactly. is what I mean it, to it, say. It's a palate cleanser. It's it's one with friends. Yeah. 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 Totally yeah. agree. Um, yeah. We'll talk about I – may, I may talk about that a little bit in other contexts as well, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Next that, on the I list. I find it interesting that we have such mixed reactions to so many of these, and then we get to this one and we're like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> I, like I've known about this game for a little while, but – it's it's it, it's it's just funny to me it, it is fascinating how form factor or medium you know the medium is the message which is an age-old saying about all media of like yeah. am i gonna buy this on steam and sit at my computer and play it my by myself no will i spend the exact same amount of money to use motion controls on the yep. uh, switch in my living yep. room with the kids cracking up of Hell course. yes. And I mean, honestly, like you just said the key thing you were like for the kids. And I was like, well, exactly. Right. Like a game like this is, you know, obviously going to be safe to play with your kids. Right. And fun. And yeah, really inexpensive, like in the long run. So, I mean, yeah, right. it's perfect for a family setting. So yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. I sound Trump- like I'm I'm literally a promoter for the game right now, no, but that's how I feel. Is, so look, I love that you not neither of us have even played it, and we're like, this is the best game ever. <laughs> I, I, there's what just certain know? types of concepts that really <laughs> steal my heart, and this is yes. absolutely one of them. Yes, yes, all um, the way. Side note: um, I don't need to play Disaster Band because I've been to numerous uh, elementary school concerts. <laughs> you have heard. Live Disaster Band, and let me tell you, Live Disaster Band is nowhere near as delightful (laughs) as this version. Live Disaster Band is like, I'm going to cringe myself into the car. Thank you. (laughs) 
I just is just so Dad, I've never how did seen I do? this. Great, honey. I Great. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but a bit where, where was we? We was ba- uh, right crush. under trombone champ. Yeah. Who fucking cares? Fuck you. Battle crush. Whoa. You're not trombone champ. No, I'm you kidding. Are, I mean, look, you can't, you can't hold a candle. To <laughs> I mean, I, I just feel bad. Cause it's like, it comes after and it's like, what can no, you I do? You, I know. This you came after kinda, the most interesting thing on this list, so it looked kind of it looks kind of cool. I found myself being like, "What is this? What? Is, oh wow, well, this looks kind of cool. It's cool. It's some sort of like action brawler game on these top-down isometric maps. Like it almost looks like it, it would. It is. It it structurally looks like a MOBA, but I think it's just like kick kick some fucking ass of other players online and be the last one standing. So maybe like a battle Royale meets MOBA, but I I don't know. I I don't really understand what it is, but it just looks like fun. (laughs) Yeah. What a weird word. Fun. It looks fun. Fun. Could you, yeah, no, it does look fun. You're totally right. It does definitely look fun. I I don't know. I, I would consider giving this a shot for sure. Yeah, yeah. If a review, if it people, if buzz starts happening and reviews are positive and people are like, oh no, it really, it really it is good. It's one of those games where it's like, oh yeah, maybe I will check it out. Um, mm-hmm. War Tales, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at Steam because I, is War Tales on my wish list? It is. War so Tales. this is a game that I'm clearly aware of and has been on Steam for some time. Um, and I, I, there's a reason why I've wishlisted this, and I'm gonna, f- I'm gonna tell you. It, it definitely seems like like more of a mat game. I, this is not my kind of game at all. It looks like a pretty game. <sighs> there's a re- oh yes okay. So, War Tales is by the developer of Evoland. Which I really enjoyed. Oh, okay. Evo Land is is kind of like a, it's like an indie darling, and I've talked about it here a little bit. Um, it's a it's an it's an RPG that is set through the, all of the eras of classic video game RPGs. So you start out in an eight bit town, and as you as the story progresses, you level up. You go to a sixteen bit, and then you get polygonal, and then and it, so it's like it's basically like a very meta throwback to all of our favorite RPGs. So that's that's what that is. And then this studio started making tactical tactical strategy games. Uh Northgard, which I've had my eye on and looks very good, has very positive mm. reviews. And then War Tales, which is also very well regarded, and they are making the Dune Spice Wars game. Oh, oh neat. which is um I don't know if it's like out or early access. I don't know. That one seems to be getting mixed review. Oh, that's out. Interesting. Anyway, so War Tales was on my list because I was like, huh, this looks cool and interesting, but I definitely don't have time to play it now. And then and then they have a Switch port, which I don't know. It's one of those games that you might want the fancier, prettier version on mm. PC, but I don't, I don't know. So anyway, it, it was it. I made a mental note of it. I was like, "Huh, War Tales." Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Let's see. Uh, I lost my place in the list again. Okay, I, I realized that there's a Contra game coming that yep. I didn't know anything about. I think I actually missed watching this trailer of going through the trailers. Truly, so it's a remake of the original Contra, 
I don't know what Operation Galuga means, um, but the the the, uni- the universal uh, reaction in our community and also generally on the web, as I've been seeing it, is like this looks ugly as fuck. <laughs> like, okay, hold on. Contra is a is a Contra is a tough as nails, cool looking pixel game from the NES. Like it, it yeah. is what it is of its time, and now they're doing some. Th- 3d not it's not a 3d game but polygonal graphics and it just does not look good to me yeah i i actually hate this like i'm looking (laughs) at it and i'm just like i i love i loved this game and i played i played so many hours of this game number one but but yeah like i don't understand why that sub name is necessary and i don't understand why you would take one of the greatest games ever made and and make it look like this so yeah yeah. yeah, no Uh uh-uh just just uh, you don't Pixel graphics really don't need to be updated. Even it these depends, pic- right? in my opinion. Like okay. it depends. There, I think there are some times, but I mean, it's just that particular game is iconic. Like, so mm-hmm. I just think it's just kind of a weird move. That's all. In your time with this, in days of yore, or perhaps more recently, did you ever like make progress or beat the game? Because like. Yeah, but only with the Konami code. That's the, okay, okay. That's so the only yeah. way I know to do it. I'm Got sure it. there's people who can do it without it, but I am not those people. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> I, it's not, I, it's funny. I don't know why I wouldn't peg you as someone who has spent hours with Contra, but it's it's cool. Well, early in gaming career, right? So like <laughs> you know, like you know, I was probably 11 or 12 years old, mm-hmm. um, and you know. I like today, like don't really haven't really followed the series, etc. But like, yeah, that original game was at that time quite unlike anything else I had ever played, and I just really liked it. Yep, yep. It's it's cool. It's a cool game. Uh, I don't know. We'll see if there's like again, like, is there a fandom of Contra? Is there someone who's like, yes, I've been waiting for the remaster of Contra, and it looks awesome. Like, I, I don't um, know. I mean, I don't know, maybe. But I mean, I don't know for for myself personally. I'm kind of like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't like what they did. No, it, it doesn't look good. Uh, but however, uh, things that do look pretty good. <laughs> Unicorn Overlord. Another yeah. phrase that has never been spoken in all of history <laughs> until this very moment. Yeah, this, this is, is a s- strategy this is game from from Atlas. Uh, well, hold on. More specifically, this is a strategy game from the folks that made the Odin Spear games. Yeah. Which, like, they are kind of known for their art style. And, yeah. uh, and oh, and oh my God, what am I thinking? 13 Sentinels. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Vanillaware. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, like, this, this was going to come hard for both of us no matter what. And <laughs> even despite the fact that it's a tactical RPG, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's just so pretty, though. So I don't know. I I don't normally play games like this, but uh, I don't know. I like if there's a demo, I might try it just to that see if like I can exactly click with it. That would be exactly the way in. Um, question before we talk a little bit more about this: like, are there any tactical strategy games, be they RPG or otherwise, that you do love or have loved? Like a like a Fire Emblem or any anything, or are you basically like, it's not my thing? It's really not my thing. Um I think hold on. I'm gonna look and see real quick if there's any that I remember from my history. But I mean I didn't even play Final Fantasy Tactics. Right. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's one of the ones that like pretty much everyone has played. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, no, I don't play these games. Yep. <laughs> I just looked at a list of like best tactics games of all time. Like, and just to make sure, like, did I miss, did I ever do any of these? Nope, never. Yep. The, so a demo here. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's exactly what this game needs. And it's interesting because, um, the i believe a variety of the tactics games that have come to switch including triangle strategy final fantasy tactics remake um and there have been a bunch a a, a chunk of them have had demos because i think there was a lot of like right. i don't know if this is for me i don't know and it was like play 3 hours of the demo get excited about this epic story and then when the game comes out carry your progress over so this is yep a perfect candidate for that marketing formula, however you want to say it. And I, I hope they do that. Um, yeah. Like even in the short trailer, it's about a minute 30, whatever, as you said, stunning art, which is you would expect from Vanillaware Atlas, etc., And also just great VO. Like I just felt like, they're talking about, you know, there's there's these little snippets of scenes and it's all just fantasy gibberish. And it's like, no, this sounds good. This sounds big. It sounds heavy. And then this beautiful overworld map where you're sort of traversing and going to different towns and encampments. And there, there is just something about the um, the combat. And I can't quite put my finger on it, but it's like, you know, these these are these games where it's like, it's a grid or there's or it's enemies on one side and you're on the other side. It's like, you, you know, it's 2D or whatever. And there's a formula for it. And there's just something about the way combat is shown here where it's like, I don't know, the characters are kind of mushed together and they're kind of like jumping across at each other. I, there's just something about the art style and the way it moves in, yeah. in motion that's like, this looks different. This looks like a fresh, there's a freshness to this take that immediately caught my attention as a fan of yeah. this genre. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. This is, I, I mean, they, they have pretty much always made stellar games um, there. And I think we talked about this when we talked about 13 Sentinels, but mm -hmm. I've been following their games since Odin Spear came out, which was 2007. Um, but most of their games are like side scrolling RPGs. And so this is definitely like a, this is definitely like moving into a new direction for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I guess 13 Sentinels obviously has some of that as well, but um, it's cool to see them go in a different kind of direction. Um, and honestly, all their games have been so high quality. Right. So I think this is going to be really incredible. This is March 8th, 2024. So it's it's a ways out, but um, ah, you know what? I'm, so I'm on the trailer and I'm looking at the release date and this is a nice reminder to wishlist this game neat i just pulled up the wiki and there's a little note that says um actually the 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 developer behind all of their games um george kamatani he got to a point where in after they did dragon's crown which was like let's see when was dragon's crown? 2013 mm -hmm. he got kind of he was kind of tired of fantasy worlds mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. the whole imagining of 13 sentinels mm. was like trying to completely like do a different that's cool vision yeah which i think is really neat because i think that was really successful yep 
Yeah. Uh, I can't even seem to wish list this. Like, it's so far out that they're, I don't they know why. They just won't even I, let I, you. It's not, you can't like add it. Um, I think it's console exclusive, but let me see if it's going to um, release on um, Steam as well. So just this is curious. their first game since 13 Sentinels. That's interesting. There is no listing for this on Steam. So I, I'm yeah, curious. Too early. I'm curious what that means if it's going to be... Uh, exclusive or whatever but anyway it's i don't know just stunning it looks so good yeah also fun fact that i may or may not have told you when we first talked about vanillaware the now the, the art from these games has has inspired some of the most amazing cosplays i've ever I seen bet. in my life i have no doubt of that yeah like especially like when the first game came out um well not their first game ever um they had two games before it but when odin spear came out oh my god like Ah, uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. I, I <laughs> Don't let me go I, too far down that rabbit hole. I had never heard of Odin Spear until uh, folks in our Discord were were kicking it around, talking about it, or, or going back to replay it. And it's stunning. I, I guess these were PS one or two exclusives at their uh, in their time, so it just was a big uh, PS two. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. PS two yep. at the time, and I think that Odin Spear Muramasa actually, gosh. Yeah. So yeah, Odin Spear was only PlayStation Two, mm. and then all, the majority of their games were PlayStation up until they did one Nintendo DS game and they did one Wii game, but mostly they did for stuff for PlayStation. Yeah. So just completely off my radar, it, it, and I'm sure I would have loved a lot of these. Uh, yeah, genres that I enjoy. Honestly, I I think you would. They're just so striking, and they're they're a lot of fun. They're very um, fluid to play. Uh, Muramasa was actually my my absolute favorite of the series, but nice. yeah, just gorgeous, gorgeous. Yep. They have to have been remastered by now, I would think. Yeah, I have to look I think around. They are on some of them are on Steam, maybe. Yeah, we'll we'll take a peek at that. Uh, jump me to the next item here, uh, Luigi's yeah. Mansion Two HD remaster. Uh, I've never played Luigi's Mansion. I know they're great and fun. Do you have any soft spot here for for these? Uh, I've played them. I've played both one and two. I liked them a lot. I wouldn't go back and replay two because of an HD remake. Yeah. But they're really fun and they're also super kid friendly. So just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a thought for the fam. Yep, indeed. Yeah, it's it's been on the it's been on the ideas list, but. Uh, yeah. Um, the next item here is not a game, but um, an update about the Nintendo Museum, which is opening in Japan in, is it in Kyoto? I, I don't remember what they said. I have to um, look and see, but I see that it's opening in March, so I need to track this because I was already wanting to uh, plan a trip because I really want to go to um, the Ghibli Park and yeah, all that stuff. Oh my God, but now course. I'm thinking I want to wait. Until yeah. The, oh yeah, it is in Kyoto, so it's Nintendo's old plant. <gasps> that's cool. Wow, being that's really converted. cool. So I think I'm going to wait until this opens it. Do- it's open. Ugh, can't talk. Opens its doors and then go, so I can also go to this when I'm yes. there. No, you can't. You can't not do this. You know that you can't waste the trip. How many times have you been there, all told? Only once, believe it or not. Wow, um, okay. And mostly because it is a pricey and challenging trip a challenging in a couple trip. of different ways. I mean, yes. you kind of, uh, you know, some people would disagree with this, but I feel like you really need to have like seven to 10 days is like the flat minimum. Minimum, because, if, I mean, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you lose a day in travel both ways. So like there's that, number one. It's a day then, of travel and then you get there and it's like you're literally dead. You have to like right. recover. Right, like... Like, yeah, my first experience was extremely sleep deprived. Let me yes. put it that way. Yeah. Um, 
but like ideally I'd like to go for two weeks and have more time to do more things. And the, you know, then I have the hiccup of, well, I have three animals. I have to figure out who will feed them for two straight weeks. Um, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I think you should go for a month. I'd love to trust me. I would love to, but I would have to hire someone to literally move into this house for a month and take care of the cats, (laughs) you know, and inject my little diabetic 16 year old. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Um, regardless, I'm going to go. Here's hoping that, you know, that, that, that it, that this museum, whatever it is, really has the artifacts of the whole company's history. And then it goes all the way back to, you know, the playing cards and like some of the, they have some of that stuff in the New York uh, Nintendo store, which is obviously a retail store to sell you games and merch. But there are there are beautiful, um, uh, not kiosks is the wrong word, but glass enclosures where it's like, here's Rob the Robot and here's the playing cards that we sold in the 1890s when Nintendo was you know, not a, before video games existed. Like those physical artifacts are, are there in the in the store and it's awesome. And and as I'm like walking around there, you know, being bombarded by, you know, kids running around and whatever, it's like, it would be great if this was a proper museum uh, and sadly not accessible to most people in the U S but hopefully you can get there in Kyoto. Yep. Yep. I hope so too. Um, Do you care about Amiibo at Uh -uh. all? Nope. Neither do I. Nope. Um, these look cool. They look well done. Zelda, Ganondorf, uh, and, um, Xenoblade, uh, Amiibos and Sora from King- Kingdom Hearts, which was, I believe the f- last character, final character added to Smash. Um, oh, nice. Okay. We have a couple Amiibo laying around the house just from like, we picked them up at thrift stores or someone oh, yeah. got a, something Same. from somewhere. And it's it is cool. It's fun to be like, oh, I can just get free meat in Zelda by going bloop and get an extra meal from uh-huh. uh, in Tears of the Kingdom. I get it, but it feel I don't know. Feels like cheating. So sometimes it feels weird. But like you said, it's a it's a Konami code <laughs> that yep. you pay for. Yep, right? yep, exactly that. Exactly. Um, that. Let me tell you about F zero ninety nine. Yeah, tell me. I I got nothing. Well. I'll say that it was announced and it was very well, like well received of like, what? Like people have been waiting for an F zero game or a remake or, or like a new F zero game for a hundred years. And I don't know that it will ever happen. Or maybe this was a, a test bed, but it is a, it is F zero, which is the, I don't, I should look up when it came out, but it's a super Nintendo midway through you know early to mid super nintendo generation and it's a race a futuristic racing game and it is what it is it's fine you know but they made a 99 player battle royale a la tetris 99 Uh... pac-man 99 and i'm gonna save it for the later part of the show because i booted Uh it up almost immediately when i could okay it's so much more than you think it is and i think it's excellent and i hope it lasts and i hope it becomes a thing and i hope it leads to more f-zero games so it's awesome i can't wait to talk about it but let's keep going with the uh, yeah with okay the yeah, yeah 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 um so i was not 
um, expecting to be really interested in a League of Legends game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am very interested in Bandletail, a League of Legends story, which uh, some have called uh, LOL Stardew, meaning League <laughs> of Legends Stardew. And I was like, well, you had me at Stardew. And I looked it up and I was like, gosh, this just looks great. And it doesn't look like I need to know anything about League of Legends to enjoy this. Clearly not. It no. looks beautiful. It looks special in its art style. It's it looks so unique. Pretty. Pretty. It's so it's so pretty and and as if I wasn't already won over, the people that live in in this little town, Bandle City, are called Yordles. Y O R D L E. <laughs> and I actually had a friend who had named her cat Yorda um after um oh my gosh, the, the game is blanking out of my mind. It's a uh, e- eco uh okay. the ps2 game eco had a had a yorda in it huh. uh but anyway so we used to call her uh yordle nice <laughs> and i'd be like what's yordle doing and she'd be like she's yordling yeah. she's just yordling away and i was like oh my god i'm this is a game with yordles so i was like very excited but That's i also funny. really like that one little neat like twist is that you have knitting magic so okay. you gather oh, materials and stuff but like you're like your magical powers are like it, like they're woven in with like knitting Great. i guess but then also of course you fish and of course you craft and you do other things but i was like well these are all like my favorite things to do so i'm gonna probably love this game yep yeah plus i'm a yordle <laughs> it ticks literally every box except for the league of legends tie-in uh speaking of which they showed off another game which is called song of new new a league of legends story this appears this to be. This is like a single player. Oh, it's so pretty. It's very pretty. It's it's a looks like a three D action platformer puzzle environmental. Very um very Nordic. Very you. It's like a a kid with a Sasquatch kind of doing cool uh That's cool stuff. That's cute. That's really nice. It looks nice. I don't know that I'd pick this one up as opposed to the other one. You know, which obviously hits all my buttons, but it, it's still really, really pretty. I don't think like I, I always know that like League of Legends is like been around forever and it's like in the background, but I don't think I realized that it was now at the point where it was getting like all these spinoffs and stuff. There which are I think there is at least neat. one or two that are out that are I don't know if they're popular, but clearly they're doing well enough where the the spinoffs will continue. Yeah, um, yeah. I've never touched it. I've never touched League of Legends, despite me despite, either. You know, caring about you know strategy games that have a lot of depth and stuff. Like I, I, I understand it, but every everyone people whenever people talk about League of Legends or Dota, they're always like, I, I played it for ten thousand hours and I can't right. go back. I right. can't go back. Yeah, I've I've also met people like that, so it must have that effect on people. I get it. We all have our games and we all have our drugs of choice. Uh, New WarioWare, take it away. What do you think about this? So it's the weirdest thing. I love WarioWare because, you know, I said on the the show before that WarioWare hails from the Rhythm Tengoku slash Rhythm Heaven family, which is like one of my favorites of all time. Um, And what I think is so interesting about this is that it's going to definitely like really involve your physical body. Yeah, very much. And I'm kind of like, I don't know why, because you would think that I would really want to do that. But for some reason, I don't. I and I can't. Same reaction. Really? I can't. Yep. Fig- it's so weird to me. I'm like, wait a minute. It's not like I don't like games that help me to move. But yeah, like I, I just. So, so I guess maybe this is not for me. I don't know. Do I'm I want sad. to play a tr- do I want to play a trombone like a theremin? Yes. 
Do I want to squat down and pretend I'm laying an egg and or like peck the ground with a Joy-Con? Definitely no. not. No, maybe that's what it is. I mean, I appreciate they have a party mode because I will say this game is probably like one of the most perfect, like, well, not just this game, but the series, like the way it works, it just, it, it's ideal for like parties, I think, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just so weird and stupid. Like there's, I was actually looking at the screens and like the first one that you can do the first mini game is like, like a giant nose and like you're supposed to like reach up and like clog the nose and that's like taken directly from rhythm tango like <laughs> <Okay. laughs> like so it's like oh shit they still have some of those games in here that's so totally. awesome but yeah i don't want to move so i guess that's <laughs> i guess i guess that I takes this out move. of the running for me yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a little disappointing but you know it's okay again trombone champ aside anytime i see something for switch that's like and you should you got to use the joy cons to do this i'm like pass i don't I want too. i don't want to use joy cons yeah i was the same way with the wii i don't really get it <laughs> um but you know um maybe it just is what it is and i need to not analyze deeply why <laughs> like yeah it's just not my thing i guess yep uh next up this this game man uh, i don't know how to pronounce it so whatever i do i'm butchering it unless you know uh, I am not a hundred percent sure, but I would, I would read that as Ayudin Chronicle. Ayudin Chronicles, hundred heroes. This thing has been in development for, you know, a billion years. I, mm, you know what, I, please fact check me or correct me, but there, the Suikoden games are notable as like, it's an RPG, but there's like 60 characters and 100. each have their own abilities, a hundred characters, right? Whatever. And I love that. And I emulated that. I never played them when they were out, but then I came back to them later, emulated it. I'm like, this is cool. Like, I really think yep. what this it, there's a very cool stuff going on here. It appeals to me. And then when this was announced again, ages ago, I believe as a Kickstarter, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. this looks fucking awesome. So it's eventually going to come out. They're, they're targeting April tw- uh, 2024. 2024, so, you know, far away. But, like, I really hope this is good, and I really hope this is for me, because it looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I was a person who played the original game uh, mm-hmm. in the 90s, and I, I really, really, really liked it. Um, and then I don't remember, I guess I would remember if I had, but... It seems to me like when the sequel came out, that like the sequel has like all these like mo- like wild accolades for like people just saying, "Oh my god, it's like one of the best games of all time." Is this this is Sweet Coden too? Then is that uh-huh. what you're referring to? Okay, okay. Yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, that was definitely something where I was like, "Gosh, I think I kind of missed out on that. That sucks." Um, and like looking at it, it because I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm like. Did, did Square publish this back in the day? I mean, it seems see. like I'm gonna something go back they and would. See. And also, is this game Konami, made Konami by the published Sweet it. Coden people? Or yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not a spiritual successor. It is the real people making the next one. Uh, it It is the real people, but I think the reason why... I, I assume the reason why they're calling it spiritual successor is mm-hmm. because I don't think it specifically connects to the story. Right. Yeah. 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 But it obviously is following the same 108 character thing um, that people know, you know, that's the series kind of signature. 
Um, it raised, uh, I'm looking on Wikipedia here, raised $4.5 million on Kickstarter with 46,000 backers, which is a lot of backers, but that's yeah. not a lot of money for a game with ambitions this big. I guess so, that's true. But they're I didn't getting publishing it, but support right. uh, from 505 Games, etc. So clearly they're on track, but again, um, yeah, I just, I really want this to be great. Yeah, it, uh, my guess would be it probably will be, but mm-hmm. I guess we'll just have to see. But it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah looks great. Uh, Eastward, you, you did you you played Eastward, right? I played Eastward quite a bit, and then I kind of petered off because I was distracted by another game, and I never went back. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if I would go back to this. Like I'm looking at it, and I'm kind of like, oh, it's kind of cute. Like you know, basically, like they they once again, it's like they added a Stardew mode. Oh, um, is that? Okay, I thought it was just um, you know more story or not new game plus, but like uh, it's it's DLC for Eastward uh, called Octopia. Um, basically, but, uh, what happens is that they have like a parallel universe where okay. all they do is just like grow crops, rear animals, and like uh, fish and talk to ghosts. Apparently, great. great. So yeah, and it seems yeah okay cool. So actually, if you bought eastward when they release this it will just be accessible from the main menu so you're not going to pay anything extra for it it's just a fun thing you get to go do so i will play this because i've i still have i have the game okay wait interest Uh, on this game's radar list that we're referencing it's saying it's a paid dlc but um oh huh but but maybe that's incorrect nintendo's page says eastward october uh, Eastward Octopia is accessible straight from Eastward start menu. Oh, but maybe if you do have to buy it and you then buy it and then you just pop right. into it. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I would actually play this mm-hmm. for it you know beautiful. obvious reasons. Farming. I remember you liking Eastward and the reason I never went for it was that people were like, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It looks so great. Blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, oh yeah, it's a lot of walking around talking to people and it's super linear and it, it actually wasn't as amazing as we had hoped, but I think that See, depends it on was, your taste. And I, yeah, exactly. I was going to say it was that, and I liked it. And yeah. I think the only reason I stopped playing it was because I made the mistake of touching another game and got distracted. Sure. How dare! But you. I mean, otherwise, I really have nothing bad to say about it. It was a really good experience. Nice, nice. All right, so I would love to hear your thoughts on this DLC when it hits. Yep, yep. Um, Wargroove Two. This has been known and announced, I believe, but they showed off some footage of it. Wargroove, the original, is a great game. It's a great tactics game. I really loved it. Exactly what you're saying. I just touched another game and fell off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked it. And Wargroove 2 looks, as as you do, builds on all the good stuff that the previous one did, plus more units, more maps. And I, and notably, this I don't remember. Uh, could I... The, the original one might have had a map maker too. It might have. But this one for sure has a a scenario maker where you can create your own maps and armies and sit and I think basic scripting to be like, when you do this, then this happens. So you can basically create mini tactical RPGs and then share them online. um, Mario maker style to play other people's maps. And I just think that's, that's just the bee's knees as far as I'm concerned. I think that's, that's great. Yeah. That's very, very cool. Also, I'm just noticing underneath this on the list is Dave the Diver, and I know that I've heard of this game, but I I don't know what you do in this game. You dive. Uh, <laughs> you don't say. You dive. 
You dive underwater. You get um, fish and seafood and, and shellfish and stuff. And then you bring them up and then you run a sushi restaurant uh, oh my god, that's cute! It's like it's like by day you're a diver, and by night you are serving people. So it's a shopkeeping sim. I would uh, say similar to Moonlighter in that you go into right. the dungeon, you get stuff, then you bring it back, and then you price it, you sell it, you keep the customers happy. People fucking love this game. It is yeah. Very I was gonna well say reviewed. I think I'd like this game a lot. You, you, and I, you would. I think you would. Yeah. This yep. this definitely sounds like my jam. Um, yep. I will probably buy it on Switch when it comes out. Excellent. Uh, depending on what I'm playing, I may be right behind you, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> the last of the Mario Kart 8 booster pack uh, was announced, which we knew, but we didn't know the characters. So you've got Diddy Kong, Funky Kong, which is fun. Pauline from um, Mario Odyssey's uh, City, which is a great yep. character. And Peachette, which I don't know. We already have baby Peach, so I don't know who Peachette is, but she's cute. So great. Peachette. By the way, um, just a quick footnote before we go further. I was looking at the comments on the game's radar page of like that lists all the games, and I noticed someone saying that the um, Dave the Diver has a free demo on Switch now. Oh, 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 that's right. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm gonna go get it when we're finished mm, with the podcast. That. I'm do gonna. that. Love it. Thank you, demos. Thank you to <laughs> all the demos out there. We love you. I love it. Um, Among Us has a new map, uh, which is cool. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, people. No fucks given. It, it is still crazy popular, and I no, love I know, that it is. I get it. It's just yep. I just don't care. But did you I'm ever glad play other it? people care. Did you ever play no. it during the pandemic? Really? Nope. Nope. Hmm. It, it is not appealing to me in any way. Hmm. What I am find fascinating, and I I think this is definitely just an art. It's an artifact of the pandemic. But it was there were times when it was like. Hey, non-gamers in the family who rarely, if ever, play video games, come on, get this on your phone and come on in and let's get on a phone call and do this. And it was mold. At least this is how it went down in my family. And I have a feeling this is true for many people of like people that never do this kind of thing. were like, um, I don't know, whatever. And you're playing it. And all of a sudden you are in this like shouting match of like, I was not in the in the oxygen room when that was not me. Yes, I saw you. No, you were. And, it, and you're like having this hilarious fucking virtual argument with Aunt Susan or whoever and who never plays video games. And it was awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I love that this game brought games to a lot of people at a tr- at a difficult time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can I can totally see that vibe, and you know, I, I maybe was you know doing something else, I suppose. Right, um, uh, you had a, you had a thousand other games to play, but I, I am I am thankful for my time with Among Us, even if I even if I don't go back to it. That's all. I guess that's what I mean to say. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, freaking awesome. And finally, as you said, um, Paper Mario: Thousand Year Door. Uh, any any other closing thoughts on on that before besides just like oh my god, it's beautiful. Very oh yeah, I'm, I mean, my my closing thought there is, I'm buying that for sure. <laughs> I'm oh. so buying that. PSA for any listeners and and us. Um, I was under the impression that the Nintendo Switch vouchers, which are available to uh, Switch Online people, um, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought it was like you buy a two pack and that's what you get, and then you pick out your two games and you're done. 
But in truth, you can buy as many voucher packs as you want, uh-huh. which means if there are 60, 60 or $70 games that you are excited for, first-party games like Mario RPG, Paper Mario, yep. Tears of the Kingdom, whatever, whatever, just buy the vouchers because you are literally saving $20 on yeah. games that will never go on sale. Yes, yes. No, you you absolutely are, and I think it's just a ridiculous deal. I bought it right away. Um and I did, I think I spent one voucher, I did one voucher for Tears of the Kingdom, yep. and then I, I held on to the other one for quite Same. a while. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to hold on to this. And what was cool was that they kept adding games. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, neat. And when they announced Super Mario RPG, I was like, oh. And I just like went ahead and put my voucher down as the pre-order on the Oh, you did ones. pre-order, yep. Yeah, yep, yeah, because yep. I was just like, oh, yeah, no, there's no right. way I'm not going <laughs> to. There's yeah. no way this can't be good. Yep. Yeah. So I, I don't know why I was remi- I was I was in the eShop being like, I wonder if I can buy the voucher. Oh, I can. Great. Great. Uh huh. You absolutely can. And the next time I, you know, like if if I end up buying, you know, two games announced from this, for instance, I'm absolutely doing it again. Yes. Absolutely. Exactly. The, the, I mean, uh, Mario RPG now paper mario and then there are oh my god i mean look if metroid 4 ever happens maybe prime 4 whatever that's maybe happening but i i guess i i remember looking at the list as you said and being like oh yeah there's like literally four games coming out that i'm definitely buying so i have there's no reason not to do the vouchers anyway yeah that is your psa and that was the nintendo direct for september 2023 again very very whelmed by the end i'm excited about multiple things here um (laughs) before we jump out of the news segment we have to we have to just at least touch on the unity drama which is just mind-boggling i cannot believe how how crazy this is um and actually i'm curious if you have been writing about it or covering it for work or yeah. anyone on your team is yeah. doing that um, i yeah someone on my team is did cover it yesterday um for people who don't know what's going on um the tldr version is that unity announced uh what it calls a runtime fee um which apparently is based on game installs but it is an it it now it didn't cost developers anything before. Mm-hmm. So with the new plan, developers who use the free tier would owe Unity 20 cents per person that installs their game after the game hits 200,000 downloads and earns $200,000 in revenue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then the, the I guess, you know, added bit is developers paying over 2K a year for a Unity Pro plan would have to hit higher thresholds and would be charged with lower fees. Mm-hmm. But man, people are not happy, mm-hmm. like not happy. So a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, smaller developers have have like stood out against it and and really you know like highlighted like asking them to make a change to this announcement, etc. Um, Unity is is uh, it, for, they backpedaled a little bit. They told mm-hmm. Axios they would only charge for initial installs. That was a big open question yeah. where people were saying like, hey, if a if a customer bought a game and paid whatever, $20, and then we pay you 20 cents, great. But if they install it, then uninstall it, then install it on another device, then play it late, like 
are you still charging me this recurring revenue that and where where it wherein we do not make additional profit from people installing and uninstalling but we are paying you for that service for some reason so that it softens it a little bit but it's still nah I, it's still rough and it's funny cuz i was thinking to myself you know, having watched Elon Musk do this with buying Twitter and kind of taking all these things and monetizing them, it's like, you know, a lot of people were still like, yeah, okay. You know, like, and I have to admit that I'm even guilty, not out of my own pocket, but like, you know, I use TweetDeck for work every single mm, day. Right. No. And so like, eventually he was like, well, that's behind Twitter blue now. And I was like, I have no choice because if I don't use this, it's going to take me so much longer. You know what? But set, that's a valuable a tool. The, the network of Twitter has value and to right. use a, to use it for free is one tier and to use the pro version. I don't, another really, tier. I don't have a problem with that. The, my beef with Twitter is that the verification system, which was about reputability and notability, can now be purchased. And that is, I don't know. what I, You know what I found out today? I was trying to, sorry to talk about Twitter for a second, but <laughs> I was trying to reach out to a, a journalist to ask her to be a guest on, a pod, on another show. Um, and the person, I, I did not follow the person and they did not follow me, but their DMs were open, which is a great way to get in touch with people privately and say, Hey, we would love to have you on the show, blah, blah, blah. And I hit the DM button, you know, I follow her and then I hit the DM button and be like, Hey, we'd love to invite you. Cause I could, I couldn't find her email address. And I get a pop-up that says, you must be, pay for Twitter ver- blue verification yep. to DM people that you that do not follow you. Correct. And I was like, what the fucking fuck? It's right. her choice whether or not she can receive DMs. And mm-hmm. she has opted to receive DMs. Mm-hmm. I have to pay. Yeah. That, I yeah. was enraged this morning. This literally no, just it. happened. I get it. And it's, it's very frustrating. And but I will say, you know, I don't, I haven't seen any stats where here's how many people are paying for Twitter blue. I'm mm-hmm. sure they exist. But mm-hmm. my point of bringing that up was I think there are more and more instances in which things that were free companies are going, Oh wait, like we really should be monetizing that. But I think the problem you have is that if, you know, something has, has been, free for a really, really, really long time. Mm -hmm. Like to me, you know, I feel like this is an issue with people who have been on the internet for a really long time, me included, and seeing so much, you know, journalism go behind paywalls. Cause it's like, on one hand, I'm a journalist and I, you know, I feel like good journalism should be paid for. But Mm -hmm. on the other hand, like, am I paying for like 87 different journalism subscriptions? I'm not honestly. Yeah. You know, so like so many of these when when we when we get upset when things cost more money i understand that but the fact of the ma- this is not the unity situation is unique and we'll talk about that in a second but as i we i probably mentioned it here and it was you know it just as a as people who make their living from the internet you and i know that 98% of the things that operate on the internet do not make money they are right. probably losing right. money. 
Yep. I recently came to understand by talking to someone in the streaming business that none of these streaming platforms make a fucking penny because they're giving away every movie ever made for $10 a month. Like there's yep. no way to yep. make this money. So there are ethical and responsible and sort of transparent or trustworthy ways to say, hey, valued customers, hey, valued business partners, the economics of the internet suck shit. And we are sorry to say that the licensing fee or, or whatever for this valuable tool, we got to charge a little bit more because we are not making ends meet. And I think yep. by communicating it that way, you can have a good faith conversation with your people. And I said this in the Discord, and, and I, I, I'm not a game developer, but I use digital tools to make things to make a living. And it's like, you, I will pay for a software license to use a thing. I will pay a subscription fee to use valuable software because smart, talented people made the software that I use to make a living. But... If a video or a podcast that I make does, you know, 200,000 views, I don't have to pay Adobe or Reaper 20 cents for every thousand views over right. the, the threshold. So I, that, that's the part that perplexed me the most. Like, I understand that engines have certain game engines have certain licensing tiers and thresholds. And, and clearly Unity is like... At the $2,000 pro level, you get this level of, you know, accessibility and this level and Unreal and they all have that. But like, I don't, I don't understand this idea of like, we're going to, ch your game, it goes onto Xbox or mobile or app stores or Switch or whatever, like the software lives on that platform and they take a cut because you are pinging that platform to download for the service of downloading the software and playing it. The engine is running in the software. It does not, to my knowledge, does not need to phone home or use server resources at Unity headquarters when I boot up, you know, my favorite mobile game. So hmm. why why do we why do they think they need to charge developers for ongoing usage of the software that has already been created? I'm I'm it's a little nebulous but I hope I'm making a little bit of sense about like the value transaction is like I'm making a game using this game engine that has value and I'm paying for it. Whether my game sells 20 copies or 100,000 copies should not matter once the initial business transaction is complete. I don't understand the rationale of this business model that Unity yeah. has proposed. And neither clearly the there's a there's a whole coalition of developers, large and small, being like, we can't support we can't. We will no longer make our game in Unity because fuck that. And also, we have made our game in Unity. It's very popular, like Slay the Spire and Among Us, as we were talking about before. 
and its popularity will destroy us because of these fees because mm-hmm. we we know are no longer in control of of how much we would have to pay once these once this structure goes into place and that's fucking crazy in in a in the internet economy as evol- as volatile as it is yeah yeah no i i mean it makes sense to me and and yeah it is um and you know i think some people are automatically like they're greedy which, you know, they may be, um, or, you know, they may be simply shifting to figure out how to continue to grow their business. And they may um, need to. And they, yeah, may and, they, need and to. they may need to, but that does not mean that it's not. Yeah. That, if that a definitely... license for Unity is $2,000 and you're, and Unity is saying, we're just really struggling. We can't make the, we make the ends meet. So we're going to have to start charging $2,500 for our, our new mm-hmm. tier of licensing. And then people would say, developers would say, man, that sucks, but it is what it is. Engines are expensive. The internet sucks. Okay. Some will do it and some won't, but yep. this is like, it is penalizing current and future yes. developers in a way that is so strange. I, I don't know that there's anything like it. There's something else here that also I'm interested in seeing play out. And we talked about it a little bit in the Discord too, of like companies pulling bullshit like this and then whether or not they get away with it. And I think there's a key difference here. Facebook, Meta is abusive. They mm-hmm. steal your data. They market it to third parties. It that Those platforms, they are eroding democracy as we know it. We've The documents are leaked. We know that they suck, and lots of people were like, this is really bad, and then guess what? They're doing better than ever. Reddit changed its pricing model for API access, which I also understand. The value of that is enormous, and you have apps that are basically sucking the traffic out of an advertising platform for free. And I understand why a company is like, we need to monetize that. So we mm-hmm. are changing the model. But they did it in a way that was not transparent or that was blindsiding and not working with whatever. And so app many apps vanished, but Reddit doing just as well. Like I am I am somewhat embarrassed to say, like, Reddit is the platform where I get valuable information and I had to go back to it. Because it's where the information and user base is. So Mm -hmm. my point here is that when when technological platforms that are consumer facing do things that are, you know, shady all the way down to fucking egregious, like destroying democracy, the public is like, we are outraged until we forget and what's on Facebook today. And that is terrifying, and I'm really worried about that in the world. Yeah. But this is different because it's not just dumb people like me going back on a platform. This is a business-to-business problem. It's a B2B company that is screwing an entire sector of business, of businesses that literally are like, we literally cannot afford to use this engine anymore so goodbye question mm-hmm. mark and that is different that is a different sort of um market protest or market shift than 
dumb internet users going back to a thing that is always and already free for them, even though it's toxic. You know what I mean? Yep. So my point is, I think this sort of unity boycott protest hubbub, I, I hope and wonder if it has more teeth than the endless scandals that these fucking internet, like you were talking about, Twitter, Facebook, everything. They can fuck up till the cows come home and people will still do it. You go back. Mm -hmm. All the blue skies and lemmies and mastodons of the world are like, we're going to take it back. And guess what? No, you fucking ain't. No, you're not. Until something else changes. And I'm worried that it will never. I I don't know. Anyway, it's a whole other topic. But I I just wanted to say good luck to a, a developer that like has a successful video game on unity that can no longer use unity i don't i don't know what to could you imagine could you i mean hey guess what you and i can imagine we have built entire fucking businesses on the back of platforms like facebook and then facebook was like nah and then we had to lay people off because they fucked us it's not one-to-one but i remember that and I hope that people, f- I hope that people in an industry fucked by, you know, other backbone businesses like this are like, fuck no, never again. We cannot trust a company that does this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally do. And um, it is extremely disappointing, but um, I kind of think of it as, and sh- this wasn't the first thing that did it, but I kind of think of it as like the Diablo Immortal you know uh thing you know it's like oh my god we're never gonna it's horrible we're not gonna put up with it and then y'all paid more money for that game than you did for any other launch game and it's like okay because that's consumer facing and people just it's a free diablo game on my phone how could i not play that like i i want that you know but this is this is hopefully different we'll see another thing i've been reminded of that i think is very interesting is that and I mean, I'm not trying to sound snobby. I'm really not. But like most people are not that smart. No, that's exactly what I'm. Yeah, I agree. It's, you know, so like we might be sitting here that. being like, oh, you know, like thinking about all this stuff. But I mean, most people are just like, well, I don't care about ethics. Like, I just want to play the game. Well, but but they don't. Most people don't know and certainly don't care what engine a video game runs on it's not for them to know but no. the point is the people who are making who are making the games are smart whether they are care about ethics or not they can simply look at the numbers and say oh i, I can't run my business with this business model so i must choose a different it's it's as simple as if you know I, i'm just i'm just making shit up I, I don't even use many adobe products but if adobe went from like $20 a month to $500 a month, mm-hmm. I would be like, I'm sorry, I can no longer use this. I have to relearn some other software. That's what this is. I literally cannot proceed as opposed to like, eh, Facebook's kind of sketchy, but yep. everyone's there. You know, like it's different. And so it the stupidity of our human, of, of humanity may not apply because it's not the consumers who are going to decide whether or not they buy a unity game it's the developers who will decide whether or not to make the game in unity and 
I don't know, over under. Like, do, does Unity double down and go all the way into the grave here, or do they walk it all the way back and and fix it? Yeah, like I don't know. I mean, it is hard to say because, like, with certain situations you know, like this, like, I think, you know, what happened with Diablo Immortal, I think they knew that it was going to blow over and that they were, yes. you know, the sales were probably going to be the, you know, the people were really going to speak with their money, you know? Right. Um, yep. And then I think there's other situations, like one that comes to mind was like, and this is a bit different, actually. No, never mind. I'm not going to reference that. It's a little bit too off. But <laughs> anyway, my, my point is, um, you know, I think it really depends on the situation in this. My guess is that they're not going to budge. Yeah. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, but like, um, I mean, what it, so let's say they don't budge. What developer in their right mind, even if they could afford, afford and forecast the fees would trust the engine to trust this company, not to pull the rug out again. <sighs> Right. That's that's where the rubber hits the road on this. And so like 10 years from now is really what we're looking at of like, will any successful video games be made in Unity 10 years from now? It's a good question. If they double down, I can't, I cannot, I don't know. There's a million factors, right? Yeah. But if you ask me, you know, the worst scandal in the history of, tech came out about facebook and you asked me if if uh people would still be using facebook in 10 years i'd be like yeah probably yeah. you know what i mean yeah it's crazy yep you can't focus on it too long because if you do you'll get really depressed that's correct so why don't we take a little break collect ourselves and then talk about a few video games what do you yeah. think all right we'll be back after this We're back and what you've been playing only started well no 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 i've continued to play sea of stars and yes. i'm quite happy in fact that to report that i have absolutely like remained interested um and i you know it's inter also interesting i was thinking just to clarify about i'm so sorry you now have a very strict policy you only play video games with star in the title <laughs> only now and forever. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting. I thought a lot this week about your feedback last week. You were like, okay. well, I really like it. But like you were, I remember you saying a couple of things. You were like, well, the music, you know, like just seems very meh to me. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing you said was, uh, it wasn't that it was super linear. What was the other? Yes, it was, I, the linearness and also the timing based um, combat, which I love and right. also am frustrated by. Right, 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 right. So um, I wanted to address those since you left me thinking about mm -hmm, them. Mm -hmm. um, so the timing-based combat. So I really like observed when I was playing like, okay, how often am I really, you know, getting it? And mm -hmm. the answer was, you know, maybe 50 or 60% of the time. Like yep. it wasn't, it wasn't regular at all. And I was like, huh, interesting. And then I started thinking about like, okay, well, you know, is it just like a matter of getting, you know, like, you know, like for instance, certain characters, um, I was like, I seem to be always nailing it, but then other characters, I was like, I'm not nailing it. Right. Like the timing is hard. Exactly. 
or like certain attacks i just couldn't seem to block no matter how hard i tried yes so i don't know if you know this but i went into the settings and i noticed that there are a couple of accessibility features and one of them which i found really cool was to turn on um a, a feature that when you get the block or you 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 touch the button on time when you're doing an attack, a little star flies out from your yep. head. Yep, and I have that I, on, and it's great. You do have it on. Okay. And so I turned that on, and I, for whatever reason, I actually found myself more able to nail it. Like, because you're I don't, getting the feed, because you know when. Because I'm getting haptic feedback. You're getting yeah. the feedback, you know when, which uh, it's great. Quick shout out to, to, to the... I don't know if I'm using this word exactly accurately in this context, but let's call it like diegetic accessibility features because these little make the game slightly easier, make the game a little more fluid. They are relics that you collect in the game and you basically yeah. equip them on your party. So it's not a it's not a menu setting. It's like, do you want to put on this necklace that will give you feedback when you do play the game better? Mm-hmm. And it's it's awesome. And you can there's also basically like an easy mode of like, hey, enemies have less hit points and you take less damage if you put on this this thing, which is a t- which is essentially a toggle for easy, medium, hard. It's just cute. It's very, I like that. I, I, I wanted to shout it out. Yeah, I really, I really liked it. And I was like, oh, I wonder if Matt found that, that setting. So I turned it on and for whatever reason that was helpful. I'm still not nailing everything, but mm-hmm. I'm also not, I, as I told you the first time, I, I really took the instructions quite literally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was like, oh, I'm going to get it sometimes. And so I still kind of, I'm like, I'm going to get it sometimes. Just to clarify, I don't mind getting it sometimes. Oh yeah, what I know. I, what I mind is... I literally just did the exact same thing at the exact same time. And one time I got it and the other time I didn't get it. And that is, that's just frustrating to me. It's like, I just want to know what I'm doing wrong and I I can't perceive it. Uh, But yeah, but anyway. Yeah, no, I I get you. Um, And then the other thing you mentioned that I really wanted to address was you mentioned the music and it was interesting because I agreed with you in that, yes, like I'm not hearing any songs that are going to go down on the legend level of chrono trigger but i think that's just a really high bar to try to hit i personally felt like it's pretty good i think that the music absolutely like now i I paid a little bit of extra attention to it and i was like Mm -hmm. oh i was like the music really feels like the era of chrono trigger to me Mm -hmm. without absolute like just ripping it off no no no. 100 it has the texture and ambiance of those games and it nails that i think what i what i do want to clarify is melodic cat for lack of a better word catchiness and and i i don't want i'm not comparing it to chrono trigger or nostalgic things and a, a good example is i can hum every single track from stardew valley to you right now you want to yep, hear the spring same. song? I can hit. I can sing you the spring song, summer, the winter festival, because the music is so good, and you hear it all the time, and it's repetitive. But it's so melodically beautiful. It has a point of view. It has mm-hmm. a. It has a. It has a theme. It's a theme. These are themes that you can replicate. And I said the combat music in Sea of Stars. I've been humming it for two weeks. It's <laughs> excellent. The walking around in the town music. I literally don't even know what it is because it's forgettable. It's very good in the environment. Sure, it feels but like nice, you're not but remembering it, is forgettable. 
That yeah. was my criticism for no, sure. No, no, no. I think that's fair. And I mean, you know, as a person that forgets 99.9% of what I consume, <laughs> um, it doesn't really stand out that much from the other things that I forget on a regular basis. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm still, I'm still enjoying it very mm-hmm. much. Um, and it's weird. I know we've said before, like, like, I've noticed that you tend to really be like, oh, I don't really like, you know, how strictly linear mm-hmm. sometimes like a game like this can be. And for me, sometimes I find that linearity comforting. And I think yes. it's because I grew up with it. Totally. Because uh, it's like uh, a it's like a cozy, familiar feeling. You know what I mean? You, that's the perfect word. I am comforted by this game, too. It's I'm not it. it it truly is not a critic. I don't want it to be a criticism. I guess it's like I, when I come to games, I don't seek out linearness, but this game is so great and special that yeah. it is nice to play a linear game when it's this good. Yeah, yeah. Media. No, it, I, I totally think that it is. Um, and uh, as we talked about uh, in on Discord off the show, I think we're now hitting the same place mm-hmm, or roughly mm-hmm, in the game mm-hmm, yep. um so uh i'm looking forward to going on i did look it up because i was curious of the play time and i saw 25 to 30 hours i mm-hmm. think i'm probably coming up on 20 so oh, wow. okay yeah so i think um i think you know i'm gonna play more tonight and i i'm i'm thinking that there's a chance i could finish it this weekend um i don't really have plans tomorrow so i'm like ooh, well if i if I finish it this weekend, then, you know, I, I might pick up Fae Farm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, so I'm I mean, excited about, about that because I'm really in the vibe to farm. And because of that, I have only touched Stardew once. Uh, you know, the more I play Stardew right now, the more I realize just how much it is my comfort game. Like, it it's truly just, is. it's my comfort game. Yep. And like, was it last night? Actually, maybe it was last. Yeah, it was last night. Like, I turned it on, like, after, you know, like, work was finished and, like, I was doing dinner stuff. I turned it on and then I left it on pause for a while and, like, did other stuff. But I came back and I was just like, you know, sometimes I've had the kind of day where I just want to mindlessly farm. Yep. And then sometimes I've had the kind of day where I'm like, okay, I want to play, pay attention to a story. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, Stardew has a story. And, like, I, I'm, I kind of thought to myself, like, oh... Like, I wonder, you know, like, if I play it a little differently, if I romance a different villager, Mm -hmm, if I, mm -hmm. you know, like, will that make it different? But I've realized that I don't know if I even really need it to be that different. I just, the familiarity is also comforting to me. Totally. Um, So, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I'm still thinking a lot about comfort games, which is a topic that I know we will take on at some point. Yeah, yeah, no, there has just been so much freaking news and new releases that we've been eager to talk about. But but, uh, yeah, I really want to do that. You are setting the table for what I want to talk about in Fae Farm, and I've been so excited to talk about it with you. Not to, not as a, not to convince you, but really to draw parallels and differences between Stardew and this game. Okay. And that is that is my main agenda. But this is still your time. That's why I want to make sure you've you've covered all your bases. Yeah. No. I mean, the only other thing I've played this week has has been. Um, well, actually, no, that's not true. I played I played the the bunny game, um, <laughs> and uh, as I call it, Usagishima, which has a real name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am still playing it. I'm still having fun with it. But there is something missing in this mm-hmm. game yeah. that neko atsume had and i oh, don't 
know how to put to words what exactly it is. I think it's a sense of progress. Yes, I agree. Like I'm not feeling like I'm just feeling like I'm I'm logging in every day and I have this absolutely precious. But you know, one thing that they changed, I mean, not changed, but they chose to take a different route with it in this particular game is that every time you open Neko Atsume, you might see different cats. But like mm-hmm. in this, it, I mean, it seems like once the bunnies come, they stay. Mm-hmm. And, and for yeah. me, one of the things that I thought was like so exciting about Neko Atsume was that you never knew what cat you were going to see mm-hmm. at what time when you opened the app. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. here, it's like, I don't have that. Once the bunnies come, they're, they're, they're perma there. Um, so I'm kind of missing uh, like, you know, the feeling of like, making progress i think they come and go but i know what you're saying of like this bunny likes the beach ball so she's always there you know and i think i i don't know but let me let me ask about that in a slightly different way my my the reason i've fallen off uh the bunny game because of fey farm i fall i've i've put all my brain power into fey farm for i went really hard on it for a while um, and it made me realize that, um, mechanically, um, Usagishima is like, it's narrow of like, there's only, there's only really one loop. Yep. And even the second loop, which is, which was, which is attract bunnies that, which give you carrots, use carrots to attract more bunnies. The meta loop is, um, do those things in certain ways to get golden carrots, which then, gives you buildings which are fun to put down it's like you put down a little sushi shop and you put down a little farm or whatever but that goes directly back into the loop of more bunnies more carrots and there's no branching mechanics the way that stardew is like well i have to go to the mine to get this thing so i can do better farming and then the farming gives me crops which i can cook and the cooking lets me have a stamina but then it also lets me romance the village and it's mm-hmm. like a spider web of mechanic and i'm not comparing the two games but i guess what i'm saying is like i need more than one loop if i'm gonna come back to a game every day that's exactly what it is for me too and okay. i was thinking also about um old friends, the, the dog yeah. game that I yeah. loved so much. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking, well, you know, how did, how did the loop of that work? Right. And it was like, well, you know, you, there was always progression. It was like, well, you know, you, you got your, you got your place and then, okay, well you start with one dog and then, you know, you, you kind of, you know, you starting to set up the place and then it's like, oh, we just found this dog that really needs a home right. and no one wants him. And like that, <laughs> that's kind of how they staggered it. So you'd mm-hmm. like build you know, you build it up basically, mm-hmm. but like it, it, it gave me a reason to come back and want to go on. Right. And with this, I'm very aware that I'm pretty much just clicking in and using, doing the exact same thing every single time. And then I might go look and be like, Oh, is there another building to buy? I guess I could buy that. But like, I, I don't feel compelled and I hate that because it's such a precious game, but I mm-hmm. feel like it's just missing that piece for me. And the space, the play space feels limited. So it's like, I want to get all the buildings. I don't know where to put them all because I'm very, yeah. it's very cramped. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm thrilled that I purchased the game and gave the developer uh, their hard earned money. Cause it's an yes. amazing game, Same. but, but I'm, but I, I am probably done with it for now, unless there, you know, maybe she adds more or expands it. For I hope sure. that it's successful, you know? Yeah. Same, same thing for me. So we're on the same page on that one. Very good. Uh, yes. Please take it away with Fay farm. 
Well, before I do that, I just I'm going to be so brief and just say to you and any listeners, maybe not you. I don't know if you if this appeals to you at all, but stop do stop what you're doing, turn this off and go get F099. It's so fucking great. Did you ever play F0 on Super Nintendo? Uh-uh. No. So, it's not it's not an amazing game. Like it's a good racing game, but it's not like an amazing racing game. It's just like four different hover cars and it's very i think the idea of it was like mario kart is cute and fun and you get shells but this is like you are going fast in a futuristic city and it you know it doesn't look amazing by modern standards but it's f-zero is a cool game and i think people really like it and there's been no f there i think there was another sequel but it wasn't good whatever so people have been like wouldn't it be great if f0 so they show f0 on the direct and they're like okay it's just f0 what do you, we already have that on switch online whatever and then it's like what if it was 99 players and it's like all these cars crashing into each other and i was like hell yes so <laughs> it could just it could just be race 98 other players and see who is number one and then maybe you get a new color on your car like okay but it's much more than that in short um it 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 tutorializes you up of like hey remember this game here's how to play it here's some other here's some new mechanics now we race with 20 cars now race with 50 cars now race with 99 cars now race with other players Woo! okay we're in it and what it does is you, your energy meter is your boost meter. So you can use it to boost and get ahead of your opponents. But your boot, your energy is also your life. So if you boost too much, you are at risk of getting knocked into the side of the wall or getting knocked into by another car. And if you crash, you're out of the race. There's no respawn. You're out forever until you start the next race. And then you regenerate your energy by by, and this was in the original game too. You go around the lap, and then you recharge your energy after the finish line. So it's about so core at the core. It's like I need to go fast. I need to get ahead of these opponents, but I can't go. Depending on how good of a driver I am, how much I've bumped into other cars, how much I've bumped into the wall. Oh, I can't really use the boost right now. I got to hang on, got to hang on. Okay, I'm recharged. Boom, back in the game. Okay, so you're managing that. Right. Then as cars are crashing into each other and muscling each other out of the way, there's a, there's a mechanic that was not in the original game. I don't know what they call it. It's like spin move where you press R, ZR or ZL and you can spin and kind of bumper car your opponent. So you're like, bing, and you kind of push them out of the way. And what you're doing is you're doing damage to your opponents, knocking them out of your way into walls, whatever, and hopefully getting ahead. So when you do that, you gain, they call it like sparks or something. You gain these little yellow balls that are sparks. And when you collect enough sparks, you can do a super boost or whatever it is, which literally elevates you above the entire track and puts you on the fast lane way ahead of everyone where there's oh, no wow. there's no damage there's no danger you are literally in the hyperspace hyperspeed zone right so there is incentive to not to basically combat other players to build up a meter to a to like maybe two to three times a race you can do the super speed right and so you're managing that as well what's cool about it is that 
when cars are combating, they are leaving these sparks on the on the track. So it's creating this great rubber banding effect a la Mario Kart of like, hey, when you're in the back, you know, when you're in seventh place in Mario Kart, you're going to get red shells and you're going to get blue shells and you're going to get stars because the game wants to like keep it competitive to push you back to the front, right? And that's yeah. why, that is why Mario Kart is a great racing game. This has This is similar in that if you are in the back, you're like getting the sparks from other players combat the leftovers from all that is rolling back and you are sucking it up so that you can build your meter so that you can fly ahead and get back in the race so as long as you're managing your meters and staying out of trouble and pushing other cars out of the way and making sure you don't die you can in clutch moments zip ahead to to the middle of the pack front of the pack whatever so that's cool right that is cool then the other systems are you race the 99 race and you are earning uh experience which levels you up and then you're getting cosmetic upgrades so you're there's there's always been four cars in f-zero and so you can play the four cars they have different stats and as you use those cars, you level up and you get a you can make painted blue or you can get a decal or you can change your you have a little card that's like a racer card or something so that when other players see you in the lobby, you can you have a cool card, you have a cool background, whatever. So it's cosmetic upgrades. Great. Love it. I'm in. But what yeah. you're also doing in the in the 99 race is lev- is getting points based on where you were in the finish line, you know, did you rank 21st? Did you, were you 60th? You're getting points. How many people you knocked out of the way? Did you, and did you knock out other players? So if, if another player is very low on energy, they start to smoke, like smoke comes out of them. And if you're right up on them and you do the spin attack, you blow them up and they're out of the race. You get points for that. Not, it's great because, Hey, one less player to contend with and B, you get points toward this other system, which is tickets. You rank up points for tickets, and then you need three tickets to enter the Grand Prix, which happens every two hours on the hour. So what's happening is you're in the menu of the game, and it's like, you can do this race. And then here's a time-limited event where it's like a team battle, and it's this battle, whatever. But all the while, it's like, hey, everyone, the next Grand Prix, which is like four or five races in a row, that's going to start at 8 p.m., and it's going to last for 10 minutes. So you are playing the game and every time you and the races are quick. They're like 3 minutes maybe less if you suck and you you know you you die, which I did, did many times. Mm-hmm. And then it's like okay, the big show is about to start at 8 p.m. or hey, it's now it's 10 p.m. the next grand prix is up. So you have to race enough races to get tickets to and to spend them on entering the grand prix. You get in the grand prix and it's the same format, but it's five races in a row. And if you rank out or die, you're out. So the stakes are like, they feel very high because it's like, this only comes around every two hours. And I spent three tickets to get in, which is a lot. It's a lot of grinding to get that many tickets. It's probably, you know, an hour of gameplay to get the tickets you need to enter the big race, right? So it's freaking great because it's like, okay, this is my shot. And so 
you're in with 99 other players and you're busting, you're managing it, you're whatever, and the stakes feel really high. And the other mechanic, I didn't even mention it, but it's like lap one, don't die. Lap two, you must come in 85th or higher to keep going. Lap three, you must come in 50th or higher to keep going. So it's you not only have to not die and push other players out of the match or whatever, but you have to keep pace with the crowd in order to continue the race. So now imagine it's a Grand Prix, it's five races in a row, and if you fuck up anywhere, you are out, and you have to either jump back into another Grand Prix with more tickets or wait two hours and grind your tickets back out. And so I've never... I'm not good. <laughs> like I've never <laughs> like I've never placed well enough in a Grand Prix race to make it past like the second race. But I'm really invested in doing the other races and getting better at the game and getting tickets and unlocking cosmetics so that when I show up for the big show, it's go time and my car looks cool and I got a cool decal on it and here we go. It's so good. It's such a cool way to reinvent this very throwaway game from Super Nintendo into a very robust, we're all here together at this moment, and this is the big race moment of my night. It's great, and it's free, asterisk, if you have Nintendo Switch online. (laughs) And the gameplay itself is so, so chaotic. It is so bonkers. But if you are, when you finally figure out the mechanics and you are honed in, you are like, all right, get around the screen. Oh, get the hand. You are, I, it is mesmerizing in the same way that Tetris, when you play Tetris or you play Tetris 99, you're like, I am zoned in. I am honed in on getting the line. I must precisely get exactly this so I can move on to the next level. It's great. It's great. Yep. I'm so, I can't wait to play more of this. It's so fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. It sounds like it is a good time. And it may, I don't know if it's not for everyone and it may not be for you, but it's a good time. Yeah. It's that's, a fun time. That's awesome. I love it. So that has given me my tiny break from Fay Farm, which <laughs> I was so, it's like, it's a $60 game, you know, it's a $60 farming game in a world where Stardew is 12 bucks and Terraria and whatever. You could, like, you could get 20 of these games for, for, for $60. Right. But I was like, but. the reviews are good, and the setting is interesting, and it really does run mostly fine on Switch. Uh, it is con- it's console exclusive to Switch, I noticed. It's on PC. If you care about performance and you okay. really care, you know, PC, I don't know if there's cross-platform play, so keep that in mind. But um, I'm really fascinated and engaged with Fay Farm because it is Stardew Valley. It is a 3D polygonal stardew valley to a t but with very fascinating quality of life mechanical differences and a different setting that involves magic and combat and such um i actually wrote down a bunch of notes because i was like furiously writing down things as i was like i was like i have to remember to talk about this i have to remember to talk about this the the traversal is great Whereas, you know, a Stardew Valley or an Animal Crossing is like, I can walk up and down, I can walk left and right. This game is like, you can jump, you can swim, you can 
hey, there's a river here. I got to walk around the bridge. No, you don't. You jump over it. Sploosh, right in the water. Just jump out of the water. Woo. You're you're running around everywhere. It's great. Um, like I said, the story is more magical, more whimsical. Mm-hmm. Um, and as and so similar to the movement, the combat is very fluid. It's very rewarding. It's very timing based. It, you know, where at, you know, Stardew, you go in the mines and it's like, geek, 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 you know, hit, mm-hmm. hit, hit, you know, hit the thing with the sword at the right time. This is much more like you're not really dodging, but you are enemies are telegraphing their attacks. You can jump over them. You can whack them with your staff. There are magic spells that uh, that come into play, but I have they seem to be more environmental. I don't know if they are combat related, but, you know, I don't know yet. Are they? Um, uh so, so sorry, I literally opened my mouth, started to talk, and then lost my train of thought and had to recover it. Are the are, So how far in are you is what I was going to ask. I'm going, I don't know exactly because there is a storyline that okay. progresses in chapters. But what I suspect of games like this is like, there's clear, there's a clear, there's a tutorial section then you graduate out of that and you can do whatever you want. But then there are continuing chapters of story of like, hey, if you want to unlock this, you got to go to this place. And if you want to unlock that, you got to proceed with the story. So the story, the mechanics propel the story and vice versa. And so I'm in chapter seven, but I have, but, but what that probably means is I'm in chapter seven of 12 but you can still play this game for 400 more hours after you complete chapter right, 12. Right, just like starting. Yes. So I just looked it up on Steam. And did you know that Steam has a $39.99 version that's called the Standard Edition? <gasps> Re- What's the difference? So according to the little card here, it says PC Editions. Uh, the Standard Edition is just the base game. And the Deluxe comes with the official soundtrack and two content packs. I'm assuming that all that just automatically came rolled in with the switch. Cause when I looked at the switch uh, listing, it just said 60 bucks. No, it's and 60 like, bucks flat. Right. And I was like, well, you know, at a time where I have a dock for my steam deck, why would mm-hmm. I not just buy this and play it on my steam deck you for 40 bucks in my yeah, living room? Check if it's verified for steam deck or look on uh, oh, Proton that's DB. a good point. More importantly, that's another story, but like the steam deck verification mm-hmm. situation I don't we we've talked about this. I don't love Actually, it. Actually, I don't think I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't think it is. Check Proton DB to see if other users are getting what they want out of it for Steam Deck because the I have no regrets about buying it on Switch because it is the coziest of games and mm-hmm. having it handheld, having it on the couch, having it wherever I want, taking it on the go is great for this game. So we, we, if you get it, get it and make sure it works in a way that is portable. I, it okay. would be my recommendation. It is verified according mm-hmm. to ProtonDB. Um, and what I'm seeing is that uh, it, the one person that – or two people logged it. Um, battery performance made changes to improve is all the notes say. That's sure. it. Yep. There's no other written notes other than that. So I guess – uh, and I mean, since I play, I'm going to play it docked, I won't have to worry about that because I won't have it handheld. Right. It'll be yep. in a dock the whole totally. time. Uh, 
Consi- consider how much tinkering you want to do or care yeah. to do. Yeah. Dock versus handheld. And then check check crossplay when you're ready to buy. Because like if other people are if, if Switch is where a lot of people are playing it and friends are playing it, whatever. I have not checked out there is no split screen co-op, mm, but it there is okay. online co-op. You know what? It might have crossplay because you have to create a Phoenix Labs account. They're the developer. Okay. Which is annoying, but like if it means you can play across devices, then that's that's cool. That's useful. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting those. to me that they didn't even like Nintendo doesn't even offer the thirty nine ninety nine dollar version. And I know I'm kind of kvetching about it a little bit, um, mostly because you know like. I, I just moved and I'm just being it's pissy a significant about money. price difference. I don't know. But, There's no look. You can't do get soundtracks on the Switch and whatever these content packs are. I, I don't know. I don't care what right they now. Are. The game is the game. You know, so I'm not sure. So about that. it's a December. So it's saying between December 2023 and June 2024, two waves of additional content will be released to expand your horizons, unlock new areas to explore. That's cool. Etc. And it says it'll be automatically offered upon their release to owners of the deluxe. But I suppose if you buy the standard, you'd have to pay for them. So basically, that's this is very interesting. I'm glad you looked this up. I did not know this. What I didn't know it until I looked it up just now. <laughs> what that says to me is DLC is coming, and if you own the full full, you get it. And if you don't own the full full and you love this game, you'll be paying for it down the road. And both of those scenarios are fine. So hopefully I hopefully Switch gets it automatically. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be really nice. Um, yeah, definitely some some mentions in the reviews as well, runs and controls well on the Steam Deck. Good. Um, there's definitely some folks that didn't care for it. Um, a couple of the criticisms I see here are uh, that the romance system is not that great. There's only yep. six romance options, and I guess that's a real that's a real problem for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess I can understand why. I mean, because people are going to compare this to Stardew no matter what. And this you have is a lot of the, options this in Stardew, is the, the I guess. The social stuff is the main comparison point. So, there's a couple more things that I just freaking love about this. There's quality of life stuff in here that you didn't know you needed. But now that it's there, it's like, uh. oh, wow. Imagine if this was in Stardew. And again, Stardew is a perfect game. And it, it is structured it is. in a way that does everything right and well for stardew but comparatively when you get your tools automatically they do not take up inventory space you just have oh god yes yeah all the little things so you walk up to a tree and you just press a and you are automatically using the axe then you walk up to a crop and to harvest it and you're automatically using the scythe or that's great that's Um, really great you don't have to fiddle with that though when you're moving through the town and you want to catch a bug you just l and r switch over to the bug net or switch over to the fishing pole so that's great so these context aware tools there are then as you upgrade the tools there are there is a that so that this magic system is two seems to be twofold one is story chapters unlock spells that let you change the environment or access new areas i I won't spoil but it's pretty obvious it's pretty clear what that does but but more interestingly to me if you upgrade your watering can you can then use mana to water an an entire area as opposed to one square 
And it's very satisfying because it's like you just go to the center of your bean garden and you're just like bloosh all the water. And this is interesting. Plants don't grow each day. They grow with each water. And you can only water a patch once a day. So it is a daily cycle. But when you you know how you wake up in the morning in Stardew and your crop is one tick bigger or whatever yeah. like one phase bigger yep when you wake up in the morning your crop is the same as it was last night but when you water it for the day it goes bloop and grows instantly so oh, imagine wow, taking fun. a water it's fu- i didn't like it at first and then it ends up being very satisfying because imagine dropping a big bucket of water on a giant field and all of a sudden all your beans or all your flowers go and they just spring up out of the earth it's cool. It's like very tactile. It's very fun. Um, and similarly, you can cut a bunch of grass with one shot or with using mana, you can like, you know, affect wider areas as you upgrade the tools. Um, the other thing that is major, there are so many goddamn systems and crafting cyst trees in the game and cooking is huge. I don't know if it's more or less than Stardew, but it is an overwhelming amount of stuff. Okay. And that's, you know, hey, if you're overwhelmed by stuff, like, hey, take a note. But but it, but to me, it telegraphs, like, this is a very deep game. And something that it also does very well is you have a shed on your farm, which connects to, like, household storage. So if you drop things in your shed, you have them wherever you are on your farm. Oh, so whether that's great. you're in your house decorating, whether you're on the farm planting or crafting or building a workstation, you do not have to which box is my stone in? Okay, let me open the box, let me get the stone, let me bring the ingredients over. Okay, I need oh shit, I need sap also. Let me go over here. No. You dump everything in a big shit pile in your shed and you just access it from wherever you are. And it's great because it takes all the mishmash of inventory management out and you just dump it in a pile and you're good to go. And right. that is also an excellent feature. Wow. The dun- the dungeon mining system is very Stardew-like, but it is there's a cool system of seals where you go to a dungeon level and you can progress as deep as you want. But if you want to return to that level, you have to gather resources from or around that level, bring them back to your farm, craft what is called a seal of different levels. And it's like a copper seal, a copper engraved seal, an iron seal, a hammered iron. They all have different tiers. And then you pack them up, you bring them back to the mine to then say, okay, I never want to come back to level three of the mine. There's nothing here for me. But boom, you lock the seal in and then you can teleport back to it instantly and go right to level four. And so it becomes this like tiered tree of crafting that allows you to go to quickly access places in the mines. You can also craft seals to activate teleport points on the map. Another quality of life feature that I think is stupendous. We all know Pelican Town and Stardew like the back of our hand. But remember in the early days where you're like, I need to get this fucking cookie to Penny. I where is she? Where does she, where does she go at 8 p.m.? Oh, I, I'm walking into a fence. I can't get around. Shit, it's nighttime. I can't get back to my. It's like 
there is a lot of, I found it to be very stressful to navigate the town on a clock in Stardew. Mm-hmm. There is a ticking clock day to day in um, in Fay Farm, but what you can do is if you are doing a quest, you can tag the character that you're doing the quest for, and then a compass will like a compass marker will appear, and you can just walk to the person wherever they are. You can wow. just boop find them. Nice. And also, while days end and you have a finite amount of time for each day, no matter where you are on the map. The day will just end at midnight and you just go home, collect your money, and start again. There's no penalty for being out past ah, the deadline. I see which what means it is. you can just do what you are doing and not have to be like, shit, I have 20 minutes to run back home and oh, but there's something over there. I gotta get it. None of that. You just do what you do, yep. live again to come yep. to another 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 day. Yeah. That is great. And I kind of assumed, I feel like it's just kind of a thing, you know, where a legendary game is made, but then inevitably, you know, people are going to look at it and be like, well, what if you did this? What if you added this? What if these hiccups were, you know what I mean? And like, so the the nice part about that is that that's probably exactly what you're seeing. This is a notch forward in the quality of life and crafting cooking complexity i guess you know what what i what i've been thinking about a lot as playing it is like this game has so much fucking stuff it's an overwhelming amount of stuff but it gives you the license to just like bam to just to do it because you are not like ah shit i gotta take my pickaxe and which pickaxe is this i got mm-hmm. wasted inventory so, you know you're not fiddling with stuff so you can just be like oh i'm gonna throw a bunch of shellfish on my cooking table and hit go and that's going to chop 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 the ingredients up and i'm going to go into town to do xyz and when i come back all my ingredients will be ready and i'm going to boop 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 cook a bunch of stuff sell it great it's a lot of like this stuff is happening in the background while other stuff is happening so i can now i am now free to do a quest or whatever right the nitpicks the downsides to your point about these reviews the social stuff is not nearly as interesting as Stardew yep. or even as you alluded to uh, Coral Island did stuff mm-hmm. very well. Yeah, that was great. I the every character in this game is like it's so great you're here. It's a beautiful day. I'm so happy to see you. Everyone's happy. Everyone's having a great time and I'm finding that to be lame. Because in Stardew, you have characters who are like, hey, my life isn't awesome. Or, hey, I'm struggling with this. Or, hey, I wish yeah. this person loved me. Real yeah, depth. Real humans real, having real, real humans. experiences. Yeah, that is kind of like the general consensus of what I've read. And it is one of the things that does concern me. Because obviously, like my Stardew addiction is part of what you're driving me to be interested mm-hmm. in this game. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it might really fall short for me in that way but that another reviewer said um you know well the the you know the dating aspect was never really like the you know not my number one thing anyway i prefer right. other things and i was like oh i mean yeah i kind of do too but i also admit i love storytelling so it, totally. it does give me a moment of pause like hmm maybe i should you know stay put 
take a deep breath uh, before I buy this. Yes. So I think that might be exactly what I do. Especially at a price point like $60. So right. if you crave mechanical density in mm. a f- and quality of life in a farming game, this game is for you. I, it is, I have gotten every penny out of it. If you care about the romance and the social thing, like the characters don't even have portraits. They kind of do, but they're just like in-game models. And then you're looking at them from the top down. So, uh, so my biggest gripe with the social, like I care about the romance stuff, but it's not what I come to the game for. I want to like get to know the characters and I literally could not name a single character in this game, even though I probably clocked 20 hours or whatever. Right. Yeah. Because you're looking at an avatar from the top down and they all sound the same. They all look and sound the same. And I'm like, because like, you know, when you see a portrait in, um, in Stardew and you're like, oh, this person is beautiful or cute or or grumpy or interesting. You're like, that's that guy. He's the grumpy guy. Or you, you get an, a villager in Animal Crossing and you're like, this guy is a fucking anxious mess. He's yep. so cute. Yep. There's just no differentiation. And I, 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 I feel like I cannot look the characters in the eyes because they're not, they're not there. They're not present. That gives me major pause, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, the yep. more we talk about it, the more I was like, hmm. Yep. Like, I, 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 might, I might hold off, despite the fact that it's, you know, clearly something that I think I would enjoy. But I, I don't know that I'm ready to take that jump knowing that the char- characters are really wooden because that's so important to me. It's it's a shame that a game this good didn't didn't stick the landing on that. The the other thing that it that applies to you um that that you should know is like I I think the story and the setting there is a story, right? Whatever. Because it it's it's not just hang out on the farm and and meet people. It is like there there are there is a quest to do. There is a there is a narrative, and it is cute. It is whimsical. Uh, I like that there is magic and there are um, the map is huge. And then without spoiling, it's like there's a big map. And then once you, when you unlock other places, there are like other other places to go and do stuff and get materials. And so I'm excited to unlock all the magic systems and spells and explore the additional places. But what I, well, I guess what I'm getting at is like the story is cute and charming, but so far it's nothing to write home about. So if you are looking for a narrative adventure or you're looking for like robust social romance mechanics, That's this not is it. not it. But yeah. if you're looking for a damn good farming simulator to min-max your crop yields and build like a whole – like you get two houses. Now, right. Not really a spoiler. Like you can farm your main farm and then unlock a second farm. So over here I'm going to be keeping bees and growing corn and over here I'm going to be breeding flowers. There's a whole flower breeding – like it's – mechanically is so good. Right. But it's just that's just not a strong suit. Maybe it wasn't really not. trying to go hard for that. Like I guess not. You know. And yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on what you like. Like a few of the reviewers on Steam were like, you know, that's not really my favorite aspect of these games. And it is interesting to me because if I think about what I do the most in Stardew, I do crops and I go to the mine. That is the mm-hmm. stuff that I do the most. Right. And like I have ignored I, I routinely ignore everyone's birthday. 
Like <laughs> the only person that I really bothered to be like friends with is the people I have to be friends with for quests and stuff. Right. So yeah. it makes me wonder. But then on the other hand, it's like, I don't know, like some of the stories I do remember them, though. You, you know? do remember them, right? You know, if, even if you don't remember the details, you remember like, hey, this character was like this, but then they turned around and they figured it out. Like, yeah, you, you know, it's it's also this is also making me realize that the the mechanical complexity of the social interactions of Stardew is just Chef's Kiss, amazing because amazing. I can bring a random, I can bring a turnip to whoever sebastian and like there's a scale of like he may love this or he may hate it or he may be like yes this is fine you do get friendship points but it's not my favorite thing in and that's like really fun to sort of uncover what people like and don't like whether you're looking it up a guide or experimenting that's a cool part of this game fay farm is like you approach a character and you talk to them and you get social points for interacting with them and chatting with them. And then there's always, once you progress, there's like a, there's like a, an item in the dialogue that's like, give them a, a polished emerald. And if you don't have that item, you can't give them a gift. So what it, the game is telling you of like, th if you want to romance this character or befriend this character, they only like one thing, and that is their only gift. There are birthdays and such, which I don't, which I have not exploited yet because I'm too frantically running around trying to get the most money from things. whatever. Yes. Do other things. Yes. So there's a birthday system, but I, I was like, it was a little bit like, oh man, there's no like, what do you like? What do you like? It's just like, give me this or don't give me this. Goodbye. That's the. That's all it is. You know. So. May, I, there may be more to it that I have not uncovered yet, but case in point, yeah, uh, it's not the strong suit of this game. Yeah. This conversation made me think, I wonder who, like, I've never read, like, a, who are the best people to romance in Stardew? And so I just pulled up on my phone, like, you know, who are, <laughs> who are some of the best? Right. And the best storylines or whatever. Right. And one of them is Shane, who is a fucking dick. Right. And you're like, fuck that guy. Like, I never want anything to do with him. But this this article says he starts off cold and rude, but his personal story is a sobering trip down a tale of depression. His heart mm -hmm. events are easily the most emotional ones in Stardew Valley. And I'm like, yep. uh, maybe I'll try. Right. Because I haven't could... really done much with gifts yet. And I was like, well, I kind of want to do someone else. You know, I married Sebastian in my first game to the shock of literally no one. Um, <laughs> but I was like, it would be kind of cool to unlock story that I didn't see. So actually, all this all this conversation is doing is reminding me that I'm probably going to play Stardew tonight and, and, and do something different. I mean, not playing Stardew. That's not different at all. No. But, 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 but think about the replayability, how different... You, so do, you do this romance a different character which means all new story and focus on a different just i'm a fisherman i don't grow crops i just fish like that's my vocation in this run of start like your game that game is totally different and i think that's mm -hmm. really cool i think that's yeah. really fascinating definitely definitely we've said this i've i know i've thought this and probably said it here and we've talked about it. it's like why would I play a game like Stardew Valley when I could just play Stardew Valley again? 
Totally. And, and this conversation has absolutely made me think that I, for tonight, am just going to go play Stardew Valley again, because, you know, for me personally, I, I am realizing that I do want the stories. I do at least want the presence of characters that are interesting and well-written. And if they feel super generic, I think I'm going to be frustrated, Yeah, but I'm glad we had the conversation because I think it's cool to hear that some, you know, that you're still enjoying it for other aspects as are many other people. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean I won't ever pick it up. But right now, today, tonight, you know, I don't think it's it's going to be what I grab. Yep. That is the correct decision. Um, but but truly kudos to Fate Farm. It is so it's a very well made game across yeah. the board. I'm really satisfied with it, impressed with it. Uh, my daughter, it's, it's, she's so, you know, she's 10 and we're definitely in sort of a a pre preteen phase where she, you know she can be difficult to communicate with or you know it's like do this please clean up your dish and it's like ah, you know a lot a lot of attitude and whatever and she loves stardew valley she loves Aww. animal crossing she is obsessed with these games and i'm like you gotta play fey farm it's so good and she's like <laughs> no i don't I don't play video. I don't really like video games. I don't do that anymore. Oh, like, okay. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And then I just like, you know, I'm just playing on the side. And she's like, hmm, nice house. I'm like, thanks. I got new wallpaper. She's like, hmm. <laughs> and then like two days later, she's like, maybe I, maybe I just start Faith Farm. I'm like, yes, you should start Faith Farm. So she started last night. She's having a blast with it. Aw. You know, so. I love it. Those. So, so we are getting we are getting our sixty dollars worth out of this really great game, but um, make sure you know what you're getting when you yep. when you take a look at it. Yep, absolutely. That's it. Absolutely. We gotta go. Got Goodbye. to go. I ordered a pizza on my phone. Yes. I'm gonna go eat it. I'm excited about this Friday night thing that I'm gonna do, which is eat pizza and play Stardew, which sounds so comforting right now. <laughs> so Perfect comforting. Night. Perfect night. Yeah, it sounds great. Are you going to play more Fae Farm? I'm going to play more Fae Farm. I'm going to play more F Zero. Um, but honestly, like we're gonna, I think we're gonna go and ha- go out to dinner or something, and then like maybe there's some trombone champ going to be happening. Oh here. my god! I think it's got to happen, right? Yeah, I think it needs to happen. Uh, right. I would like, I would like to hear more about that if you do in fact do it. I think, I think some. Some Instagram videos of children trying to. Oh, dude! If if that's not a reason for a for a dad video, I don't know what is. <laughs> okay, well, think about that. <laughs> uh, You're like, I don't know if I want to do that, but okay. Yeah, it's, it's so much work. Uh, get get in our get on our Discord if you're listening to this and you want to talk about what you were hyped about, like. Just there has been so much amazing discussion about the direct and what people are excited for and what came and went, especially around um, all of these sort of battle royale, nine, Pac-Man ninety nine, Tetris ninety nine. Remember the the Mario thirty five for the anniversary, which was like, hey, it's this really cool online battle royale Mario game that is going to be here for two months and then it's going to be gone, and everyone's like fucking why are you taking it down like why would you do this to us and so really good good deep philosophical discussions about like hey we're excited about f099 but will it be around what does that mean for game preservation what does it mean for do i sink 
30 hours into a game that might disappear. Like really, really robust discussion about that sort of stuff. So if that interests you at all, we encourage you to join the conversation or continue it uh, in our Discord. So come on in when you're ready. Yay. Awesome. Eat pizza, play Stardew. Goodbye. The end. 